everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome to Spiced Chaos. Yes, welcome on this Monday. Is this the last Monday in January? I think no, I think the 31st be. is a Monday. Oh, that's right. There's one more. That's one more because we have another guest in January. Yes, uh, January is the longest month of the year. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, um, it's like almost six weeks this time also. I'm looking at the calendar. Like yeah. it's a few days short of six weeks. That's wild. Yeah, and I know that like it's not like really longer. It's really only 31 days like the rest of the months, but it feels mm-hmm. way longer. Like it, just, it does because the way that it's set up is like this whole five week like dang yeah i know how can january take up six different weeks in my calendar i don't know and it, like we i feel like it feels longer also for planner people because we like we started our planners in like december 27th and so that was basically january yeah that was a big problem for me everybody knows i can't i'm still not able to get in my planners because of that whole situation <laughs> Well, it's not too late. I see people all over Instagram. They have just now chosen their planner. They are just now setting their goals. So January is a trial month anyway. So just start clean February 1. You got this. Yes, that's a, all right. That's a good message. A positive message to start on Monday morning. So yeah. good morning, everyone, or good afternoon or evening or whatever. It is Monday for us. And it's very early for all three of us today. Um, yes, but it's all right. So before we get started, that is Caitlin over there from Creating in Chaos. That's right. And that's Leanne from Spice Plans. So this may not have been like in our top 10 intros, I don't think, but. That's all right. I think we're uh, still waking up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So today we are so excited because we have Brenda, the planning pastor, and we have been wanting to talk to her for so long. And, you know, I have to say, like, I feel like that this one is because of COVID for me. Oh yeah. Tell me more about that. Well, we have like a whole list of guests for like the next year or whatever that we were trying (laughs) to fit in. And then we missed a week and we're like, well, we need another guest. And we were like, Brenda, let's talk to Brenda. So she just jumped the whole line, (laughs) but that's because, um, she has been a friend of the show since like the first day. And, um, she responds to like everything that we talk about on the show. She sends us DMS all the time. She's just very Mm -hmm. into like communicating with us for mini sods and she's a patron and just everything she's just the best absolutely um, and like I feel like when she does respond to us like even if there's like a disagreement or like something she has a question about that we say like I feel like the discussions always leave me feeling like I learned something not like I'm like defensive yeah that's that's true um especially like when we talk about like religious stuff mm-hmm um, not that we've had really any conflict so far, but you know, just talking, really. like, we've had whole yeah. episodes where we talk about church and stuff basically because of Brenda saying, Hey, talk about this. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, sure. um, I just, I feel like, and I, I mean, I'm friends with her on Facebook, like outside of the planner community. Um, so I enjoy like seeing her real life. Oh, nice. Um, and I need to get on that. But what is exciting for me about today is that like, I, and I, this is not like, Brenda is like a different kind of planner, you know? Yeah. Okay. Like when she, when she first started on Instagram and I first started following her, I was like, oh my gosh, she's a pastor. Like, I don't know. That's just, to me, that is such a huge responsibility. Yeah. And I know that, you know, you would need a planner, you know, to Uh have that, to have that job. Um, but it's just like, it just seems so different. Like her, her posts have like a halo for me or something. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. know She's just so talented. Like everything she touches in her planner, it like turns to gold. Yes. Her planner is beautiful. And I cannot wait to hear how she uses it and how she makes her life work and everything. So, um, let's just go ahead and bring her on because it's her show. 
<laughs> yeah. And if you're not following her already right now, pause the show and go over on the gram and she'll tell you in a minute where else you can follow her. Yes. So welcome to Spice Chaos, Brenda. We love you. <laughs> Thank you. I love you guys too. This is Y'all make me sound way better than I am. No, no way. True. You're about to make yourself sound so good because I cannot wait to hear everything about you. Yeah. Um, Samesies. So before we like hop in too deep to personal stuff, can you tell everybody like where they can find you um, just on the, the webs and just a little bit about yourself before we get too deep? Okay. Um, basically, as far as planner content goes, it's, it's just Instagram at the planning pastor. Um, I do have a YouTube, also the planning pastor, but it doesn't actually have any planning content on it yet. <laughs> um, Right now it's just got some music videos that I've made. So, um, and that's pretty much it. I've got a personal Facebook. And you um, have a church, don't you? Like, do you want to talk I have, about, do you want to plug your church have, at all? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, it's, it's Wetmore, Goff and Corning United Methodist Churches. It's three point charge. And uh, our Facebook page is Wetmore, Goff, Corning, UMC. Um, and I post my, our worship videos, so the, you know, sermon and music and the whole service every week. Um, and try to, as often as I can, get some, some inspiration and sometimes just good laughs up on our, our church page. As well. I feel like I follow your church page too. I think you do. <laughs> I think I told you to back, back when we were talking religion stuff. Yes. And I, I just, I feel like that I'm just all in all of the parts of your lives, like your planner, your church, your personal life, just, I just infringe on you all the time. Um, um, <laughs> it's all kind of one in the same. So great. Lots of overlapping. Yes. Very. So, um, well, I know that I, I would imagine that the folks that listen to us know you, wouldn't you think Caitlin? I think so. Yeah. And I, we know that we have said your handle, at least during some of the live recordings for sure. Yeah. I feel like that we say, your name like every episode so (laughs) (laughs) mini-sode anyway (laughs) that's right near every mini-sode that's right because you always comment on the mini-sode topics too yeah um okay so I want to know just I just want to know I want to like start from the beginning not necessarily like the beginning of your life but like the beginning of your planner stuff just kind of you know, I know that we're supposed to talk about COVID first, but I'm skipping. We'll talk about COVID later. You skip around. Skip I know. Skip. I just, these I'm are, not looking at the notes anyway. Yeah. <laughs> this is just what I want to know the most. So um, how long have you been a pastor? And then what made you decide, let me put my Instagram, like, let me put my planner on Instagram. I know that that's not the same probably journey, but just like kind of roughly, how did all that kind of happen? <laughs> um, well, I was, you know, I've always been one of those planner people that always loved calendars and was an avid sticker collector and stuff. Um, I actually started really using a planner right around when I turned 30. Um, Suddenly I couldn't retain information in my head like I used to. Oh my gosh, Uh, right? What is that? Why? I don't know. It's it's like the clock ticks to that next year. Right. Brain changes. Agreed. Um, and at that time I was a, a Christian education director, a children's ministry director. Um, and so had a lot of meetings and stuff. And so I started using a planner. It was a Mary Engelbright planner. Um, so it was really cute. It had, you know, all of her art throughout. And then I got out of that for a while. Um, 
and this is kind of where the, the pastor part comes in. I've had like four careers before I became a pastor. Um, I used to teach elementary music and then I taught um, piano. And then I was a children's ministry director and then I taught fifth grade. Um, and then I went through the year that I call the bad country song. My marriage fell apart and had an identity crisis and lost my dog. <laughs> oh my god! everything that you could it was it was the year of hell had faith doubts um and coming out of that into a renewed and even stronger faith one of the things that well really what saved me was my church family because I kept going even though I wasn't sure what I believed anymore um and at that point you know, I had hit rock bottom. I didn't have a job. Um, and so I was asked to do some stuff with worship at the church, with helping plan it. And as I got more and more involved in that, I started doing more and more with it to the point that the church decided to start paying me a little bit um, because I was helping with all of the, the behind the scenes stuff of worship. And uh, it was kind of through that experience that I began to hear the call to ministry. Um, and so then, long story short, went to seminary in Denver. Um, and then it was after I, my first appointment was a student appointment. That was half time um, in 2014. And then, you know, I meant to look back at my first planner to see when. That was, because I don't remember which year it was. I think it was 2017. Um, and at that point, and that's a whole nother you know, story. At that point, my daughter and um, baby grandson were living with me. And I was tired of the Mary Engelbright planner thing. And so I got on to Amazon to look for a different planner. And all I could think of was I wanted something that made me happy to look at it. And so I literally searched happy planner. <laughs> oh no. That's what came up. <laughs> I feel like I know the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I know that story too. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. It was Amazon. <laughs> And mine was in Michael's and I was, I read the, like the little tag on the front that said happy planner. And I was like, that's so cute and nice. I like that. <laughs> that's what I need. Something happy. <laughs> exactly. I was like, that is exactly what I need. <sighs> so did you, I'm assuming. A couple years before. <laughs> then it was a couple years before I started an Instagram page. I, I got into the, the Facebook world of happy planner. Um, and people kept talking about their Instagram pages. And I didn't even have an Instagram yet um, and was kind of reluctant to start something else. <laughs> I, I eventually was like, eh, maybe I should at least look at what other people are doing. So I, I stalked you know, people for a little while on Instagram before I actually posted anything on a planner page. But then eventually I started one. I think it was in 2019 that I started mine. That sounds right because I started in 2018 and I feel like I was there for like six months and then we met. 
Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. So that, that sounds, at least that sounds right for me. <laughs> and I remember meeting you. <laughs> and, it's, and it's work. It's true. <laughs> so do you feel like that the happy planner, like, do you feel like that finding that planner, like improved your life, changed your life, made it easier to be, you know, have the brain fog and all like how, how was it like, definitely, a, was it a big deal? Cause I know it changed my life when I found mine. So mm-hmm. yes. And, and it was, um, a little over a year after I started using happy planner that I was finally diagnosed with ADHD. Oh, gotcha. Um, and suddenly it all made sense. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, I mean, my planner is, is my world. Um, I keep everything, anything important is pretty much in there. Um, and I like, that's why I like the happy planner is the, the ability to keep everything in one place. Um, so I don't have to keep track of lots of different. Yeah, that's what, that's what I like about it too. I think the discs lend it to be, you know, um, a really good tool to keep lots of different things in, in one place. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I like about it as well. So I hear you. I was ya. thinking back, it's, it's kind of like the, the trapper keeper for adults. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Oh my gosh. My favorite South Park episode has Cartman's trapper keeper. Oh my gosh. I've not seen that. It's on one of the newer seasons. It's oh pretty gosh. good. I loved having a trapper keeper. <laughs> like I a good did. millennial, you oh, would. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I'm not God. even a millennial, but I did too. So yeah. I, saw on the OG. <laughs> I saw one the other day. I was like, I think I was out. This is back in like, okay, the other day really could be anywhere between yesterday and today. <laughs> yes. So y'all just bear with me. Yeah. Um, but like during back to school shopping, I guess it would have been August of last year. Um, I saw some trapper keepers at Target and they were like, they were like throwback trapper keepers. Like they were supposed to look like the ones from the eighties with like the weird laser lines and stuff on it. You remember? Uh-huh. Yes. And they were like $15, or something. And I was like, oh, that's no. crazy. Like that's too much for a binder. That was a dollar 99 in the eighties. Like chill out. <laughs> 50 cents. What are y'all doing? <laughs> that and my peachy folder I got for like under five bucks. Yeah, and all, and I would put like all my Lisa Frank stuff in it, you know, oh, and like my yeah. Lisa Frank folders and stickers and stuff. But yeah, I could not believe how expensive it was because I was gonna buy one just for like nostalgia. Yeah, and oh, I still have mine. You do? <laughs> oh my gosh! Do you remember how like the plastic would tear and like the cardboard yep. would start coming out? Yep. Yeah, so man. Good. That's why. See, that's why I wouldn't pay sixteen dollars for that because it's really just right. a piece of plastic garbage. If you think about it, <laughs> exactly. Oh, happy planner is definitely higher quality. Yeah, planner is a higher quality. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It's an adult trapper keeper. I agree with you. It is. Yeah, Especially- it is like the. I wonder. I do think about happy planner though sometimes and being like the. It sounds really bad when I say it this way, but like the McDonald's of the planner community, because they're just like churning out new planners. Not that they're not beautiful, but like, they're just very easy to access. They're a big company. Like that's, that's kind of how I see it a little bit. I think I'd rather think of them as the Panera. There you go. <laughs> it's like it's a little higher quality than. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah. The yeah Panera or the it, like Baja Fresh. <laughs> yeah. They call it our like Shake Shack. They call it like fast casual or something. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're not quite an Erin Condren, but they're also not just like a regular notebook and a pencil. Yeah, no, but I, I think that, you know, because we've talked about before that like I finally had to say like I can't collect this stuff anymore. So after you bought your happy planner on on Amazon, did uh-huh. you have any idea what was coming for you? No. Okay. So, so like, I'm assuming then that it spiraled from there. Like it it did for the rest of us that you, yeah. Well, when I, when I got it, they were still pretty new. And so they, I don't even think they had value packs yet. Which, which one, which was your first planner? Like what, what did the cover look like? It was an undated faith planner. Okay. Um, it said something about grace on the front. I can't remember. Yeah. I think that that was one of the first years that they really did like the dedicated faith planner that might've been like the second edition. Yeah. And it was different than like what the faith planner is now. It was just a regular mm-hmm. vertical layout. And stuff, mm-hmm. But it had like faith quotes. Yep. I remember when they did that. Okay. See, I think that I would really like that. Like I don't necessarily love the faith layout, like for faith planning, but I would yeah, love I to have, I would love to have a regular planner that I can plan like my regular life in that also has like some scripture in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, like to me, I think that, I, I don't know, is that kind of how it was back then? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. Okay. Cause I know that, um, what is the, the happy planners faith layout? Isn't there like an, an acronym? It's like that soap. Yeah, it's, it's soap. soap. Yeah. Okay. And that's like, what is that scripture? How, what does soap stand for? I don't even remember. Hold on. Let me go to the Google. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, 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 feel like- I, I know prayer is the P. <laughs> yes, I don't remember what the O and A are. We have scripture and prayer, but I don't remember what O and A stand for. Okay, uh, hold on. Let's see. I'm pulling it up. It's gonna take a long time. There's people screaming right now at their radio. <laughs> there are. Yes, because I've been that person. Morons. I know. These morons can't remember. We already told you that we're struggling with our brain fog. So like faster and she doesn't know what soap stands for. Like what I think that's great. I think that's I'm kind um, of a different like, kind of pastor, I think. Well, and I think that shows that like you're a real human. Okay, I got it. I got it. Hold on. Oh. Okay, S is for scripture, O is for observation, A is for application, P is for prayer. Oh, okay. Okay. I like that. Um, I've never been able to successfully do that. I think I tried one time with a faith planner and then I was like, oh, I'll just keep reading my little Bible verse on my my phone app every day. (laughs) Yeah. Got to do what you got to do. My faith planner is my work planner. So I have different needs. Right. I use a dashboard for my faith. Okay. So, um, the layout that you're in then, like, are you, so you're, you in like a faith planner layout right now all the time? No, no. Okay. Never. All right. Okay. Yeah. It's, I don't think that I, I know that there are people, I have seen people take the faith layout and like cover it with washi and make it work. Yeah. Heather does that. Yeah. I was just going to say Heather does that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that seems like a lot of work, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just to like try to force a layout to work for you. But you know, I, that's why I've had the hardest time picking a layout because I can't figure out which one. Yeah. I think that's why sometimes happy planner is hard too, because I'll love like the the dividers and stuff in a planner, but then like, I don't know, the guts are not something I've ever used before. There was a seasonal planner that was a horizontal that comes to mind that I've tried to do that with. And I am not a horizontal planner in any way, shape or form. And I was like, yeah, I can totally be a horizontal planner this year. Absolutely not. I could not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, those are the ones I frankly plan with. I buy them for the dividers and the cover. And... 
Yeah, for sure. Yes. And it's so fun, isn't it? It is. It's a good time. And I like that Happy Planner is also doing more of where like the monthly and the weeklies kind of like coordinate. So they're all neutral and they all have like the same text or like scripting or whatever on them. So you can use the dividers of one planner and put other guts in it. I like that they're doing that now. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about before, Caitlin is not ever ashamed to buy a planner for just discs and covers either. Absolutely not. Especially if it's like- yeah, especially if it's like a one-off like metal disc color, like absolutely yeah. bring that. There was a faith I, planner. There was a faith planner that had those like dusty blue periwinkle discs. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. the cover was beautiful too. I can't remember what yep, it said. I bought that one for the discs and the cover. The cover yeah. was so pretty. And I mean, I used the cover and the discs on like my catch-all for a long time. Yep. Yeah. Me too. Um, it wasn't even like a faith planner or whatever, but it, it did have the, the, the scripture on the front, but that was such a beautiful planner. And I love those discs. So this most recent like tote bag thing that just came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got that. Um, didn't the discs that come with that, weren't they the same color as the face yes, center from all they those? Are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, saw that. I was thinking they were slightly purpler. Um, I don't, uh, they might be, but I'm looking at them and they look pretty blue. I've did you right buy that faith planner, ha- Caitlin, back in the day? Like I when did. I- and now okay. I'm trying to look for the other discs. I was thinking they were bluer. Okay. You might be original right. ones. They might be. But I just, I remember, you bought that set, didn't you? With the bag. The bag is so cute. I did. Yes. Yeah, I got it too. I am not super impressed with that little set, but the mega book that was also available on national sticker day. Now that thing, that thing was worth the money. I am kicking myself that I didn't get that. Did you buy it, Brenda, that new mega sticker? I did not. In fact, I was going to say that I kind of think the opposite of Caitlin. Oh, interesting. Because I didn't didn't get the mega because I still have my other one that's fairly used. Yeah, I just like that the botanicals has some like new stuff and it's like flowers and notes. So it's got a bunch of functional stuff in it too. And then the layered florals is basically like sheets from the other layered florals that they put out a few years ago. And I like right. that book a lot. I did too, and I couldn't get another one. That's why I really gotcha. like that deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just don't I don't love that. I mean, so I love my happy planners, like don't get me wrong, but I don't love like all of these repeated products. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many new products can they put out? Who even knows? But I just don't like that. They're like slapping new stuff on other like products they've had before. It's kind of rubbing me the wrong way. What I have found really interesting lately, I've been looking into getting lots of clip art and making my own stuff too. Mm-hmm. And I discovered that a lot of happy planner stuff is other artists. Clip art. <gasps> yep. They do so I'm sure that they, art. you know, purchase and, 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 you know, Right. The license and everything. I'm sure uh-huh. it's all legit. But right. I had thought that it was all done in in house. And I think it used to be. Mm-hmm. It yeah, did. I know that was kind of surprising to me. It did. Yeah, they and, do. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Caitlin. Yeah, they do use a lot of clip art. And I, I've actually had some people get like kind of upset about that. But I know that a lot of other sticker shops, I mean, Heather Kell included, also yep. use clip art. So yep. I mean, yeah, I don't see a problem with it. I, I don't just, either. Well, one of I've the just things- started buying the clip art and making them myself instead, though. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> one of the things that I noticed recently was that um, one of one of the women in the community that has a shop and makes sticker books, but I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it's Live Love Posh or if it's Heather Kell or, but anyway, one of them had stickers in their sticker book that were identical to the florals in a Happy Planner sticker book, and that's oh. when it was kind of revealed that both the of them planner- have some. 
Yes. Because, yeah. and, and you yeah. know, people were like, how is this possible that both of these books have the same sticker? And it came out that like they bought them from the same place. Right. right. And that was shocking to me because I feel like I do remember years ago when the Happy Planner was first like getting off, not that I was around when they were getting off the ground, but when the, when the art, I feel like that the art was all done there, that everything was designed there by them. Yeah. They did have a lot of designers. I remember that. They did. They did. So just, I am actually, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but I am tired of florals. I am getting there. Yeah. Like, That's I, sacrilege. I, and listen, I love florals. I do, but it just feels like, okay, every release now is just like inundated with florals. Like I have so many floral sticker books that I, I don't know. I'll never, well, I'll never be able to use all my stickers anyway, but it's just, it just seems like, but then really what else is there? I mean, they've done so many. Seasonal. I think that if they pumped out more seasonal, that would, I think that would make everybody happy and put some florals in the like spring part. Like that'll appease the floral people. <laughs> yeah. yeah I want a new spring book so bad. They did the one and then they did a new version of winter and fall and summer and never did anything for spring. And that's my favorite season. So I'm really mad. Yeah. They, uh, that's. Why did they do that? They neglected. I have no idea. I don't know. And sometimes the way they organize the seasonal books, like the the holidays they put first, I'm like, this does not make any sense. This is not in the order that it goes. (laughs) Oh, I know. I notice that all the time. Like, why is this page here? This is not. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't, I mean, this is not like rail against the happy planner because I have, I'm looking at like 20 happy planners on my desk, but (laughs) <laughs> I am really also bothered by that. They're taking a concept that sold well and they're like beating it into the ground, uh-huh. like stargazer and homebody. Like I've, I've seen enough of the grandma curtain florals of homebody. Like I'm done with that. Stargazer is pretty, but like how many different stargazer spreads can you do? You know? Yeah, that's really true. I don't need any more stargazer spreads. Honestly, I did enough of them back when stargazer was new. Right. Just give us, give the people a real lined vertical and some more seasonal books and we'll be we'll be happy (laughs) y'all there was that one planner that was epic that I have never been able to forget the glam girl and then they did one that was happy year year. Mm -hmm. that's the one the happy year now when they did happy year though the only version of that that was lined was the big oh but they did another seasonal one recently with that like peachy color cover that said yay do you remember that one yeah (gasps) that one was lined vertical too dang yeah yeah Yeah. i loved that planner too so they need to throw out that other one with the colored boxes at the top because nobody likes that it's basically an hourly without the hours and then they need to bring back the actual lined vertical (laughs) yep we solved it that's exactly what they need to do yeah you're welcome happy planner send me my check when you put that all out (laughs) and replace all the seasonal with some more i mean all the florals with some more seasonal stuff for sure. And stop putting out homebody for real, unless you're going to put out, this is the only way that I would accept it. But if you put out a neutral layout inside with the homebody long checklist, I would accept that. Yeah. I like that long checklist. Me too. That's what I do with my spreads anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, we figured out all of their problems now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, um, so how, how do you, you don't do a lot of after the pen. So how, how did, tell us what your planner kind of looks like, like once it's all written in and like everything is like, how are you using it for work and life? How's it like, how's it working? Well, and honestly, part of the reason I don't publish very many after the pens is because I don't have enough after the pens. I'm notoriously terrible about not using my planner. 
Yeah. I, I think that's totally real. I think a lot of it <laughs> will make a spread. And then we're like, well, I just used my phone calendar this week. I just used this for a creative outlet. That's really how this went. Yeah. I find that way more often than, than I would like. And, and what I realized at the end of last year, and I'm working on, on making was that I was part of the, the reason I wasn't getting into my planner was because I was procrastinating on taking the picture of it. Yes. Um, my house has terrible lighting and so mm. it like becomes a whole setup thing yeah to take photos and so I was putting that off and so it would be like Thursday before I get to the pictures and then the week's gone and I haven't written anything so this year I'm trying to work ahead so that I have like at least a week ahead decorated yeah. and, and photographed but I'm also trying to convince myself that it's okay to write in it before I take pictures. Oh yeah. Yeah. I very often have no before the pen. Yeah. I, I, I need to get on that band. Yeah. I just write in it while I'm right there. And then I'll put in like extra boxes and stuff where I might have something or where I could have something because I feel like you could always journal in those boxes or something. Yeah. Well, I feel like that I go through the same thing because like I make a spread and I think, okay, this week is going to be the week that I write in it, but then it's like, I can't write in it until I take the Instagram picture. And if I never mm-hmm. get around to doing that, it's like, oh, exactly. yeah. So I hear you, like, it's, it is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, sometimes just the act of stickering is so like motivational. Yes. Yeah. And therapeutic, to be honest. Like yeah. that, oh, sounds so, that sounds very silly when I say it out loud for people who don't understand what it's right. like to use a planner or paper planner, but really like putting stickers on paper and like pretending to be organized sometimes like helps <laughs> me to get the kick in the butt that I need to do something yeah well I love what you said about like I turned 30 and I couldn't remember anything anymore mm-hmm. and it's like as even though I've had a planner for a really long time I I still find myself just thinking oh I'll remember that I need to do this and not writing yeah. it down anywhere and that is so not working for me Right, and then you will try so hard. Have you ever tried to recall something like that? You're like, oh my Uh gosh, what did I need to do? And then when it needs to happen, it will hit you like a ton of bricks. You're like, okay, great. Unnecessary anxiety. Well, for me, it's usually after yes that it hits me. (laughs) Like, oh, I missed this. Yep. (laughs) And then you get people in your life that are like, got to throw you some shade and say, well, why do you have all these planners if you're still missing appointments? And I'm like, look, you don't get it. Like I would miss way more appointments if I didn't have the planner. And I will say I use my monthly a lot. I write in my monthly a lot. And so that's how I keep track of like appointments. The, the weeklies I use more for like to-do lists and, and kind of basic memory keeping, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And Caitlin's always telling me like, don't worry so much about like writing in your planner, just write after the day is over and just like yeah. write down what you did, you know? And yeah. I think that, and that's mostly what I do when I do. Yeah. I think that that's really kind of good advice because, you know, obviously when the day is over, you look back and you have done some stuff, maybe. Yeah. So- or like if you, if you did something and like you have all this other junk on a to-do list that you haven't done yet, but you did actually do something that wasn't on the list, add that to the list. Absolutely. Like for, me, for me, sometimes that can be empowering to see that one check mark on my checklist. And that's like, okay, I got the rest of this other hard stuff. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I love days when, um, cause 
earlier, early in the year, like right when the year first started and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I was really in a planner for like two days. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I would, I'm in that plum paper planner. That's got all kinds of cool sections. And um, it has like this bar where you write like your first, like your top three priorities for the day or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I found, I found myself, you know, actually getting those things done. But then like, if I, did something else and didn't get one of those things done. It was like, I could still see the progress. I don't know. Um, I just writing things down. That's, that's the number one habit that I have got to get into right now is just that, you know, not stickering. It doesn't matter if I'm stickering. It doesn't matter if I'm taking pictures. I need to just get the stuff out of my brain and onto paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that's like, that's like the key um, to use in a paper planner. And I think that there's just like so many distractions. Like I, when I was not using a planner very well last year, I just would distract myself. I would like watch stories for an hour or I would be on TikTok and then I would time travel three hours into the future. Um, <laughs> and then, I mean, then I was like, okay, well, I could have been using that time to decorate my planner at the very least, or even just write pen to paper. Like sometimes we have to really take it back to basics and just uh-huh. put our pen in our planner. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to do at the beginning of the year, but it's like four days in, I get slapped with COVID and all this stuff. Oh my God. So like, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe. Well, yeah, those are extenuating circumstances. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, that's, yeah. You're allowed to have a break. That, and that's important too, Leanne, to also think about, because I think that in the planner community, there can be a little bit of like a toxic hustle culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a, this like, oh my gosh, I'm so organized. Oh my gosh, I hit my goals. But I think we also, you know, need to think about the idea that it, you know, being restful sometimes is the same as being productive. One of my favorite Instagram accounts is called the nap ministry. Mm -hmm. And it's all about that and and working counter to the the hustle culture and the always having to be doing. Yeah. Um, And it's something that I work a lot with my, my um, congregation members. Yeah with it is always you know pushing back against the having to do 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 all the time yeah Yeah. I can't take that advice because I'm one of those people that can't really sit still like I have (laughs) and I I think I'm a little bit of a workaholic like I enjoy being busy and I enjoy working I don't think it's a workaholic if you enjoy it maybe it might be that but I also I don't know I get a sense of like validation when I complete a task or when I I don't know, hit a certain goal so that, I don't know, I get like a Christmas morning feeling. Do you know what I mean? Like that, like butterflies, like I'm getting very excited by that. Yeah. Well, I apologize if you guys heard the door knock. I want for the listeners to know that I have got four children here today doing virtual learning. Right. Bless you. Um, well, <laughs> if our listeners don't know that we're a mess already and that we have things <laughs> that happen in our background, it's probably okay. <laughs> I know. Like, is this your first time with us? Like, obviously we're <laughs> I know. Do you remember that one episode with Evelyn and we had her baby like cooing for yep. the entire episode? That was so sweet. Yes, <laughs> that was like real life in a nutshell. I know. And she was like, look, y'all, this baby is not going to be quiet. And we were like, don't worry about it. Like, no. <laughs> and you know how babies get at that age. They just want to be cuddled and held. And <laughs> there was no way she was going to be able to put that kiddo down. Yeah. I feel like that they like to hear the sound of their own voice too. I know. Yes. Uh-huh. It's kind of cute though. Yeah, I know. I loved that episode. So you have a new grandbaby. Well, I mean, she's not like new, new, but she's new. Jewish, no, right? she's she's eight months old already eight she's months new around here I was, gonna guess six, year. But yeah. that, I was close um so how has that been are you loving this are you loving her oh so much so um you, you have a grandson right 
Yeah, I have two grandbabies. Uh, my grandson is six, and he's in kindergarten this year. Oh, same age then, as Harry. Yeah, I'm. T- he's what the same that? age as my kiddo, Harry. Oh yes, yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and how's and kindergarten? My family's a little different. Does he yeah. have kindergarten? Um, he does. I'm not sure his teacher feels the same way. <laughs> I feel like that's a similar story. Is um, he a busy little guy? He, he was diagnosed with ADHD this year. Okay. Um, and they were currently working on an I towards an IEP. Yeah. Um, it, it's been really, it's been a rough year. You, you know, he's yeah. like climbing on tables and pushing chairs across the room. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's exactly what my son does. So some of that, I think it's typical <laughs> six-year-old energy, especially yeah. during a pandemic, you know? Yeah. Like, well, we and that's kids. the thing. So many of them didn't have <clears throat> preschool. My grandson yeah. didn't. Well, that's what mm-hmm. I was going to ask you. Like, cause a lot of times when they go to kindergarten, they've already been in preschool or daycare for a couple of years. So they kind of know like how to sit at the table with their friends and how to walk right. line and do all the things. But the ones that don't have any of that before they go to kindergarten for the first time, it's like the teachers can really tell like, yeah, you know, that, and, but there's a lot of kids that started kindergarten this year that because of the pandemic had never had the opportunity to go to any of those social kind of places. Right. So he was so like, he had kindergarten, but it, or not kindergarten, but preschool and it was play-based. And now he's had this like gap where he hasn't been in a school building. So first right. grade, very interesting. I think. Well, especially because like when he's doing virtual school at home, kindergarten. Yeah. He can just get up play, and do whatever That's not play time. Like that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's like when my kids started school, both of my children started school in pre-K at four years old in the Montessori program. Yeah. Right. And I feel like that the Montessori program is play, like they play yeah. all day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, putting them in front of a computer last year for a whole year in virtual was like terrible because neither of them had yeah. ever had to sit at a table for longer than like five minutes. Right. So, yeah. you know, I just, this, this generation, this, I don't know how, what are they calling them? Generation alpha, this little, the little ones that are, Ooh, that's yeah. yeah, I think you're so. going to like that. Yeah. So after Gen Z, we have generation alpha and oh, we're going back to the beginning. I see. Yeah, so that's the littles like, you uh, know, yeah. Harry and Daniel and Hannah and all them. Yeah. So I think that, so I think that people are going to study them. I really do. I think that in like 20 years, there's going to be psychologists and all kinds of people like you know, doing, running studies on people, the kids that grew up during the pandemic. I really do. Uh-huh. Well, and I think yeah. honestly, like for kids that have been like through the pandemic and like kids that were basically trained from like two to three years old to wear a mask. I don't know. I, I feel like a little bit of therapy is going to be helpful. I I'm looking into therapy for my six-year-old just because I don't want him to ever feel like, I don't know, like he has any sort of trauma from this. I'm sure he will, but I, I just want to do everything I can to help him be, you know, I don't know. I, so this normal is a, is a bad word, but like, yeah, normal. It's like, what is normal even, you know, normal does not exist. No, it's been a long time since it has. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, like I realized today that I have not had a full five day week where all the kids went to school for five days in a row since way before Christmas break. Right. Wow. I mean, we've had weather, we've had COVID, we had winter break, you know, it's just like, everybody's been home all the time, every day. And you know, it's like, you just can't, there's no such thing as a routine at this point. It's like, every day is different. And that's Mm -hmm. what makes it hard to stay in a planner, to be honest, because there's no routine. There's no normal day. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Well, and talking about COVID, this is a good transition because um, obviously like you were, you had your church before COVID, right, Brenda? Yes. Okay. So you had like real in-person services like Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, all that stuff, right? Well, just Sunday, but yeah. Okay. And then COVID happened and what, what did y'all do? Um, well, it, it's interesting. I was appointed to this particular appointment in July of 2019. <clears throat> so I hadn't been here real long before the pandemic started. So I had gotten to know like the members at my church, but not a whole lot of the community. Um, and so that that's probably been the hardest thing for me. Um, but so once we had to shut down and go online, um, in our case, we don't have internet at any of the churches. And so what I ended up doing was recording worship. And then I would edit it and put it up for Sunday, um, which in a sense was nice because I got to sleep in on Sunday mornings and that was kind of novel and yeah. really fun. The work uh, is done. <laughs> right, especially because you've been a teacher before and now you're a pastor. Like exactly. Sleeping in is yeah, unheard of. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I was lucky, luckier than a lot of my colleagues in that one of my hobbies was already editing video stuff. Mm-hmm. I love to put together like montages and stuff like that. And so I already had some of the skills needed to do all that. Whereas, you know, some of my colleagues, um, especially the older ones, it was like speaking a foreign language to them. Yeah. And so that part of it, I mean, it was time consuming. It probably took me twice as long to put together worship as it does when it's when we're just in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't as bad as some people had. And it was just, it just became a totally different routine. You know, I never got to do real lockdown with nothing to do because I was working twice as much during the week. Um, but, but it was just a shift. There wasn't as much, you know, there weren't in-person meetings. There wasn't visiting people. I couldn't even go to visit people in the hospital. Um, yeah, I was so that part about of that, yeah. about visiting people. And because that's the one thing that I remember about the pastors in my life is that when my mm-hmm. grandparents were sick in the hospital, their pastors always came. Yep. I mean, how hard to not like for that whole like side of the ministry to just be gone. Yes. Now I will say in my current position, you know, there, it's really small towns. I mean, the biggest town of the three has 300 people in it. Um, and that's where I live. The whole but, town? Yeah. Dang. Dang, Yeah. Yeah. We have like 12 people at each church Sunday. One of them's like six. Um, So they're, they're small, small, small town. And so the good thing about that is there's fewer people. And so generally fewer people in the hospital, Mm -hmm. um, which held true. You know, there was a couple of people in the hospital during, during COVID that I couldn't visit and just kind of kept in touch via phone and cards and stuff like that. But but I know it was a lot harder on others in bigger cities. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So do, obviously you probably did have some church members that got COVID. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, was, did you guys, how's it going now? I mean, like, are you meeting in person now? Um, we are. Um, and that's, you know, I, I joked with them like about a year ago now that one of the blessings of being such small churches is that we already naturally social distance. <laughs> so um, 
we had been, let's see, we closed down March of 2020 and then we reopened late summer, I think. Um, and then we closed down again at Thanksgiving 2020. And then we were able to go back to in-person again Ash Wednesday last year, which was in February. Okay. Um, and we've been in person since then. Okay, so you have been back ever since then. Okay. But we've mm -hmm. also added, we, we record um, one of the services every Sunday morning and I just quick do a quick edit of it and put it up that night. Um, so we still have that online option for people. Which oh, well, that's good. They like, they well, like it even, you know, if they're on vacation or something. <laughs> Absolutely. So and I've always been saying that all of these online options for everything that came out yep. of the pandemic, like yes. I basically don't have to go to a movie theater if I don't want to. Like Amazon right. Prime will let me pay $25 to watch a movie theater movie and I am yep. down for it. Well, and I have been, you know, we've, we've discussed this a little bit on the show. Um, just that, you know, the, my issues that I've had in the past few years, like with my own faith and everything, and how I feel like I'm searching and that I would really like to have a church. And the online options are really helpful because uh -huh. you can go to a church's website that you're interested in and you can watch a sermon or you can participate in a Zoom or something and kind of like see what it would be like to go in person. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, which is kind of nice because you don't have to leave the house and like go meet strangers. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes that can be a little bit intimidating. Like you want to go, but you also don't want to like let people down if it's not a fit for you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. If you just kind of like watch the sermons online quietly and then yeah. make your decision, it is, you know, it, that does, that, that is helpful. Well, and Jamie and I have been talking about that. We would like to find a church. Um, but it's just, it's, it's hard because the one, the last time I went in search of a church, I actually went in person to a couple different ones. And it was weird because like, I remember from growing up in church that when new people came, that we were like super welcoming and like talking to them and like make sure that they felt welcome. And both of these places that I went, people were like, not, it felt very standoffish. It just didn't, it didn't have uh -huh. the vibe that I was looking for. Yeah. Um, and it just made me tired. I was like, how am I just going to keep going every week to a different place that's not comfortable? So it's just, yeah. it's, hard. it's just a hard search. And, yeah. and honestly, I feel like churches tend to be one extreme or the other. They're either, you know, kind of standoffish, like you say, or at least come across that way, even if you don't think they are. Um, yeah. Or they're so excited to see somebody new that they like smother you. <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of hoping for the smothering. <laughs> you need some smothering in your life. No, yeah, I was like, I was like yes, I thought, you know, we're going to go to these places and these people are going to be so thrilled that there's like somebody visiting. And instead they like, you know, I had, there was one church that I couldn't even get them to tell me like, where would I go for Sunday school? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So it was just very, it was, and it was, and I had thought like, okay, this church is right down the street from my house. It was an Episcopal church, which I kind of felt like, you know, they're pretty progressive, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that they would just be super, they were, they were very like, we have our church. Thanks. <laughs> we don't need any. No. <laughs> yeah. That's how it goes. Like, I don't think if I like, because I have always gone to a Catholic church, I was raised Catholic. And I feel yeah. like a lot of Catholic churches are like that. Like you're like, if you're in the inner circle, you're in, but if you are a new person, it takes a lot to get into that inner circle. Yep. And that's, that's actually true. I think in, in a lot of denominations, I mean, even as the pastor, this is the Methodist church kind of known for moving around a lot. 
because um, we're appointed by the bishop. And coming in as a new pastor, especially in these smaller towns, is hard because, especially coming in as a single pastor, you know, living alone, um, I don't know anybody coming in. Yeah. And to them, someone who's only lived here 20 years is a newcomer. <laughs> it's true. And so, I mean, you know, if your great grandparents didn't live here, you're, you're kind of new. <laughs> you got to have those so roots, though. <laughs> to break in, you know, yeah. even as the pastor. And they're exceptionally welcoming to me. So um, have you, my, do you ever feel my like. My third year here, and I feel like I'm just getting there, so. Do you feel like that you've ever run into discrimination as a woman pastor? Oh yeah. Yeah. What? I mean, yeah. I can't even, I can't even imagine. I mean, I just know that being raised. I've, not faced, yeah. I've not faced what some of my colleagues have. Um, and it's never been outright to my face. Um, probably the most uncomfortable was this older guy said something about I don't understand why more men don't come especially with a pastor so good looking and I was like you wouldn't say that about women to a, a man pastor you know it was just it was just icky. um and then I've had other appointments um where there were just a lot more struggles and I had to, to battle a lot more than I know my male colleagues yeah I, I'm really grateful for my current appointment I love them and they love me and well happy family oh that's that's so good so when you when you do get an appointment like this one how long does it usually last well it it can vary um the good thing is that the Methodist Church is at least in our conference is really moving towards trying to keep pastors in one place longer if they can um often what these small town churches face is that the pastors, they they usually get either one of two things. They get a brand new pastor with no experience, or they get a retired pastor who's just looking for something for extra income. Yeah. Um, because most people, as they move through the system and, and get more experience and get ordained and all that, um, move to higher salary brackets, and the small churches can't afford them. And that's in the last year, my huge biggest decision, probably one of the biggest of my life was to decide that I'm not gonna pursue ordination anymore. Um, oh, really? The whole, process, the whole process in the Methodist church, I mean, it's like this, this huge paperwork and multi-interview process. And it, does not, it is not set up for the ADHD brain. I don't do well in that kind of interview kind of thing. My brain tends to freeze up and then I just become very inarticulate and stupid. <laughs> and, and it was killing my mental health because it was, you know, year after year of being rejected and saying you're not good enough yet, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I'm in a position where I really like this appointment. Um, and, and the feeling is mutual. And, uh, I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to stay a licensed local pastor. The only difference is I can't do sacraments outside of my appointment setting. Um, but I don't know as I do a whole lot of that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, 
So I'm hoping to be here, you know, as long as they can keep affording a full-time pastor between these three churches. Yeah. Um, and, and they're hoping that too. And I think that has really even made a stronger connection with these churches for me because they're so used to pastors just leaving them. Mm. And so they feel like, oh, she actually cares about us. She actually wants to stay here. Yeah. So I, I don't want to live in a city. I don't want to pastor a big church. I don't think that fits my gifts. So, um, yeah. So that's I'm hoping to, to be one of those pastors that stays somewhere like forever. So. Well, it just, it, that would be almost, I feel like mentally stressful for me to think like, okay, so I might only be here for like three years or it is, um, you know, like getting to know people and like, you know, creating bonds and affection for the congregation or whatever. And then having to move like that just sounds yeah. like a hard life. It is. It is. It's, it's actually what made me hesitate to go into ministry. Honestly. Yeah. I can see why. Um, because I mean, the kind of like, you know, ministry, the, the good pastors really get to know people and kind of get in and like know their families and know their situations. And it would yep. be sad to leave, you know, it, it is even, even the ones that are difficult appointments, you know, my previous appointment was a little harder. Um, that's a nice way of saying it. Hell. <laughs> <laughs> but I was still sad when I left because I still, even though there were people that made my time there very difficult, there were also some wonderful people that I had, you know, really strong connections. So. Yeah, that's how I felt about leaving teaching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, because it's like there were so many people that I was invested in emotionally, but at the same time, like, it just wasn't serving me anymore as far as my mental health. Exactly. Um, yeah, well, and I, I think know. sometimes, like, with teaching specifically, like, you can love your kids and you can love your subject area, but some of the administrative parts can really, like, just, like, suck the life out of your soul, that's why um, I don't teach anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's if I wasn't in my current position with an incredibly supportive administrator, um, like great students and just like an overall like chill environment and I get to work in my jammies during a pandemic, um, <laughs> I don't think I would still be in teaching. I watch a lot of my friends in the classroom right now and I don't know how they're I don't know how they're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, we we have tons of friends like that listen to the show and, and respond to us and talk to us in the DMs that are teachers that are struggling. And it is just, I, I know Mm. that I got out at the right time. Yeah. But also like, what if you don't have a way to get out? Like what if that is when you're a teacher and like, for me, I have my master's in teaching. That is like all I can do other than if I went into like, now I have a little bit of experience in social media marketing. Like that would be it for me. And so you almost feel like you're just in this one lane, I guess you could do like adult teaching you could teach at a community college there are options but with teaching it's a lot there are a lot fewer options than if you were I don't know had a degree in business or something well I realized I realized a few years into teaching maybe like six seven years um that it was one of the only professions where the more experienced you were the less valuable you were to both your school and the civilian world Yeah. So it's like, and I even had this argument with Jamie the other day, because we were talking about teachers leaving and going out into the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And he was just talking about how the management skills are different when you're managing adults versus when you're managing teenagers. Mm, Kind of. Really? I kind of, I kind of had to say like, I'm sorry, but I know that adults are tough, but there is nothing like having a room full of 42, 17 year olds. 
Yeah. So you can't tell me that a person who has stood in front of, you know, rooms of 40, 17 year olds for 10 years doesn't have some management and leadership skills. And honestly, you know? dealing with my congregation members is not all that different than when I was dealing with my sisters. <laughs> yeah, I bet not. I bet. I bet not because I know that there's just bigger act like fifth graders. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, and sometimes, like as adults, like people who have been through trauma, or not even people who have been through trauma, people who have not had good, you know, um, examples of how to, you know, grow into their adult self, they're mm-hmm. really like stuck in that mentality of being 14, 15, 16, and have never like learned those skills. So it can be very similar. Yeah. I will, and I hate to say this, but I mean, like, especially in smaller towns. <laughs> sure. Because well, um, they don't have access to the same resource. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, the, even the schools are going to be different. The education is going to be different. I mean, there's no way. I mean, obviously, larger districts and bigger cities that have, you know, bigger PTAs and stuff like that are going to have different kinds of schools, too. Um, right. So, you know, I, I just, I can see, I can see that there would be a difference there. But, you know, I, I learned that like when I tried to leave teaching, when Hannah was born, I had some issues at my school and this is like eight years ago. And I tried to, to, I applied for jobs outside of teaching. Mm-hmm. And that's when I discovered that the school district likes young teachers because they're cheaper and easier to control than mm-hmm. the older, more seasoned teachers that require more money and are more stuck in their ways. Mm-hmm. So my experience for the school district, the longer I worked there, the less they valued me. Yeah. Um, and then when you leave teaching, they, it's like, it's almost like, you know, how moms that are stay at home moms try to go back into the workforce after like eight or nine years of being home with their kids. Mm-hmm. It's almost just like that. Yeah. Like when the corporate world looks at your resume and sees that you've been a high school, public high school teacher for eight years, they do not value that experience in any way for any, it's just like, Oh, it was just, it was frustrating. Like, uh, I feel like, Caitlin, I mean, we obviously, you say, what else could you do besides teaching? There's tons of things that we could do. Sure. There are tons of things, but like on paper, but getting someone to give us a chance. Yes. Someone to, you know, give us a chance when all we have is teaching experience is hard. Right. And I think that like maybe employers could look at teaching experience as different. Like we have presentation skills, we have, you know, collaborative skills, like we have, you know, we create things. We, we do a lot more than just like stand in front of a room of teenagers and talk. Um, so I think maybe it's like the job of the employer to look at that differently, especially as we have like this great, you know, uh, amount of teachers who are leaving the profession. Like I can, I see teachers on TikTok every day posting things about packing up their classroom. And like I said, if I was in a physical classroom, I'm sure I would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I bet you, Brenda, that it's very similar um, in that n- not like teaching and be- teaching and being a pastor have similarities, obviously. But um, I-, I bet that there are some similarities when it comes to like people looking at people think that they know what you do because they've been to church, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like people are like, oh, well, we already know what a pastor's job is like because I've been to church my whole life. Well, people say the same thing about teachers. Like, well, obviously we know okay. what your job is like because I went to school for 12 years. Right now, <laughs> you know, and it's so not like it's so yeah. nobody really knows. You can't say that you know what a teacher does just because you've been in a classroom with a teacher, right? Yeah. 
because there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. I think the same could even be said for a content creator. Just because you watch a YouTube video, you have no idea like how the sauce Mm -hmm. is made. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like, like TikToks. I made a five second TikTok and it took me two hours. I believe it. Why I'm not on TikTok. I think I'm too old to learn it. Well, it's just, I mean, I'm old. I just don't want to. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I don't want to either. Well, I decided like I had an idea for a TikTok, and I was like, now, how do I make this come to be? Like, how do I make this real? Like it's in my mm-hmm. brain. I can see it, but I don't know how to. And then like figuring out how to like really get it onto the app was so hard. Right. And I was like, who are these people that make three or four TikToks every day? Yeah. There's gotta be some kind of a system or like maybe they've learned the app. You know, I feel like it's that way when I make a YouTube video, like I can edit a YouTube video and like crank it out, you know, because I know how to do it. I think it's just like that learning curve. Yeah. I'm sure I'd get faster at it if I tried to do it more. Yeah. But I am like amazed at the kind of content that people put on there. Me too. I'm not sure I could get faster. I'm so nitpicky when I'm editing our worship videos and like I'm I'm, I'm the person that will search for like two hours just for like one really good picture to put on a slide. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that fits perfectly with what I'm saying, you know? So, see, and oh I gosh. have lost some of that as I've like become busier in life. I'm like, that's good enough. <laughs> I'm trying work. to get better at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like when I used to edit the show, I would listen to every word. Yeah. You know, like I would go back and I would start it from the beginning and I would listen to every single word of the show and I would try to like edit out ums and pauses and coughs and all this kind of stuff. And now it's like, it sounds so much more real, like a regular conversation. If I just sort of leave it. Yeah. Uh-huh. We only that, stick out like if our children run around. <laughs> yes. Like, we have like a real big interruption and we have to stop or, you know, if something happens and we have to talk about something, but mostly now it's like, I just put the music on the beginning and I cut off the end. It's like, there you go. You get it like exactly like we made it. Um, right. But, you know, I would think recording your sermons would be less stressful than doing them live. Um, not really. No? Because um, you can, like, if you, if you mess up or, like, you make a mistake. Yeah, you that can part of it, it out. can. But it's really hard to preach without people's reactions in front of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, What I I ended up doing, because it was so hard to to preach to an empty sanctuary, what I ended up doing was having everybody send a selfie, and I printed out eight by tens of everybody's faces and put them on the pews, so at least I had people smiling at me. Oh my gosh. That's so nice. That is so cute. Did you take a picture of that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Oh, I would love to see that. Did you put it on the Facebook page? I don't. I think so. I don't see everything that goes up there. (laughs) Um, mostly because all of my content now and all of my platforms is Taylor Swift related at this point. Mm -hmm. So the algorithms have figured me out. I was just going to say the algorithms just show you what they think. (laughs) They know what I like. (laughs) So, (laughs) well, yeah, I've heard the same thing from like comedians and other performers too. They're like, Mm -hmm. well, I can make money putting myself on zoom or I can like perform, but it's not the same. (laughs) I can't imagine. I do three worship services the day or Sunday uh-huh. I do one at eight one at nine one at ten at three different churches oh, wow. and my sermon I always tell the, the folks at the first church they're kind of the guinea pigs because my sermon gets better throughout the morning yeah because <laughs> um, I see people's reactions to what I'm saying yeah and so I I change it up a little bit yeah that's like when I would teach a first block a second block and a fourth block 
Yeah. Well, well and even like, if you think about going from in-person teaching to like virtual teaching, because I would say 50% or more of teaching is performing. Like, I think I, you know, I have my coffee and then I like get ready, but performing for a classroom virtually is so much different than the performances that I would give in person. Mm-hmm. I didn't, yeah. feel like, I didn't feel like that my teaching translated as well to virtual because when I was in person with the kids, I feel like that they did. I was better. I was funnier. I was more entertaining. You know, mm-hmm. it's like sitting in front of the virtual classroom. Now, Caitlin, I know that you do a really, really good job making your virtual classroom like super. But good. it's a learning curve. It's yeah. it's not, um, it wasn't always very easy, you know, like, yeah. because, you know, you have the things when you're in person with teaching where you're circling the classroom, you like can touch a student on the shoulder if they're, you know, being loud, you can do all of these things. And you have to think about how am I going to manage students? How am I going to entertain them? Because in my opinion, students won't learn from somebody that they don't like, or at least are like somewhat entertained by. Um, so like, how am I going to be able to do this and connect with them in a similar way that I connected to, you know, kids in person? Yeah. And that's true in worship too. Mm -hmm. Oh, I bet it is. Um, do you ever have worship services where people are disruptive or that you have to like manage things or is everybody pretty much polite and calm? Pretty much polite and calm. I did have somebody walk out in the middle of the sermon once because they were mad, but that was better than <laughs> erupting. So exactly, I'm a big fan of people taking space when they need it. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm taking my toys and going home. That's right. At least you're not like loud and like giving exactly. me or something, you know. <laughs> um. So do your do your church members? Do they know about your Instagram? They know about it. I I think. The only one that follows me is a retired pastor and she's a, a watercolor artist now too. So the artsy side. Kind of- oh yeah. Well, oh, that's cool. it, I think that like, if I was going to church and I found out that my pastor had an Instagram with their planner in it, I would love that. Oh my gosh. One of my too, students but just found I get why that's in- interesting. And they just, they know I love stickers. One of them wished me a happy national sticker day. That is so sweet. I didn't know anybody knew about national sticker day, but us. Uh, apparently she heard it on the news so oh (laughs) see we're going mainstream (laughs) y'all we are we're gonna have big time pretty soon but I I have I have a similar thing I have a student who found my planner accounts and now it's very weird to me because I have always thought about um you know when I make a video like what if my administrator is watching this I try to be very careful but now that I actually know that my student and or their family is probably watching me, I feel like I'm like extra careful. Well, it's not like you're cursing or anything. You're not doing I, anything. That it's is- not, but like I have talked about some controversial things and I mean, nothing that, I, that that's the other thing. Like do, do teachers and do pastors do like police officers get to be real people when we're not in our profession? I guess that's like the other question. Right. Like, are you a pastor right now, Brenda? Like, do right. you feel like you're. And, and that's one of the hardest things about the job is I feel like in many ways, I'm always a pastor. Me too. With a teacher. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not just a job, you know, yeah. it's like a um, personality. <laughs> right. Oh. Um, Turn yeah. it off. I mean, I hard. think that is. <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah. That, that is one of the hardest parts. Well, and Caitlin, um, talking about like you being careful, like around your administration, like you have always been like very positive about your job here on the show. And I know that that is not like 
just because you are worried that like one of them might hear you or whatever, but no, it's also I because you genuinely mean love them. Like you yeah. really mean it. And I feel that. Um, but like, I, I think that, you know, the, some of the stuff that we say on the show, like about politics or about like social issues or things like that. I don't think that you've ever said anything that would like get you in trouble at work, you know? I yeah, think I don't think so either, but either. it's just that like that feeling of like, knowing that somebody that you know is watching it's like the first time when my channel like was when my channel was new um and my mom would text me be like I saw your video last night I was like oh cringe intensifies (laughs) (laughs) don't watch those (laughs) yeah don't do that please because originally also my channel was about like motherhood and parenting and I had a lot of videos about like breastfeeding and this kind of thing and I was like oh no (laughs) why are you doing this well sometimes my mom will say I listened to the show this week and then of course you know we black out while we make the show so we have no idea what we're saying later like what we have no I idea what we've even said so I'm like oh gosh what did I say did I talk about her um <laughs> did I say anything yeah. you know I, or did I say something about my dad like what did I say um well speaking of like content creators that have jobs like these um, you guys know, I know Caitlin, you know him. There's a guy on TikTok, the pre-K pause guy on TikTok. Love him. Obsessed. Um, he's a preschool teacher. Um, and he, um, he has been saying on TikTok that there are people that are telling him that some of his TikTok content is not appropriate because he's a preschool teacher. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know how I feel about that because like, mm. you know, we also do a person. Have- yeah he's also a person with a life and you know it's not like he's out here you know naked on the internet but I mean even if he was like I I mean he does he did do the ring light challenge he did do the ring light challenge and that is what caused people to say like this is not appropriate for a pre-k teacher and I'm just like what it's just a fun like it tiktok thing but I had there was a girl who worked with me a few years ago back when I was teaching and she had an instagram and it was full on just pictures of her butt okay like she she works out a lot and she wears a lot of leggings and she takes a lot of pictures in the gym of her leggings and her butt oh okay and I remember people saying like if the administration finds this account she's going to get in trouble Uh um but then at the same time it's like I'm looking at it and she wasn't naked you know and she wasn't actually doing anything inherently sexual she just was showing pictures of her body and her leggings yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like, I was like, how do I feel about them saying you can't have this kind of Instagram if you're a teacher, you know? I think the difference is how you present your account too. Um, because my name is the planning pastor, I try to keep that account as something that I'd be comfortable with anybody in any congregation or even the bishop seeing. Not yeah. that you know, yeah. would look at my Instagram, but um but if it's a personal account with like just your name or a name that has nothing to do with your profession, then I think. Yeah. And I, I also think okay. that like your, your employer or like your, I don't know, whoever you're working for, if they don't have a written social media policy, and if that's not written into your contract, I think that's yeah. free reign, no matter what they personally think about your account. Like my work has an ironclad social media policy. Like they said, if you put our employer, your employer name in like your Facebook bio, that's you saying that you're attached to the organization and therefore anything that you present on social media also represents the organization. Mm-hmm. And so I made the choice just to take that out because 
I don't ever want anything that I post, even though I am so careful to ever like misrepresent where I work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I remember yeah. when I got hired by my district, they were like, you are a teacher of this district 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But so, did it say it in your contract? Well, no, but it was scary because I was young and new and yeah. I was like, oh gosh. And they were like, you don't want to see your students' parents out at the club on Saturday night. Oh my gosh. That's a little extreme. And I'm like, well, they're at the club. Like, right. <laughs> exactly. And like, it's not like you're like, I don't know, go-go dancing or even like <laughs> taking your clothes off. You're just like out having a drink with friends. Yeah. But that, it made me nervous. You know, I was like, oh my yeah. gosh. I'm yeah. Like, I could see oh, that. I'm their employee 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, well, when do I get to be myself? Um, For sure. Alone <laughs> in your house. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, only inside of your home. <laughs> but you know, I, I obviously, you know, would not in any of my social media stuff want to misrepresent our bad mouth, the district, because I didn't have anything, even when I was struggling in my job, I didn't have anything inherently against the district. Um, right. But like, I had a friend who one of her students had a lighter in the classroom and lit oh, someone's hair on fire during the oh class, my gosh. during the block. <laughs> And she casually on Facebook just said, well, it's the kind of day where your students set their hair on fire in your room. Oh no. And she got in so much trouble for posting that on Facebook. Now she didn't say any names. She did not say where she works. She did not say what she teach. She didn't say anything that would be identifying at all. Hmm. But there were people that were very upset that she, they they accused her of like putting the students on blast and like accusing them of being bad, badly behaved. And, you know, like it really was a bad thing for her. She got called into the office and had all this talking to and, you know, just, and really she was just trying to like vent on Facebook that something crazy happened. Right. And I think now more than ever, we have to be careful about that. Like, I think, and I wonder about also like when people are out there applying for jobs, not even just like in a service field, but how many employers do like put your name into Google and see what comes up on TikTok or whatever. I bet a lot of them. I bet a lot of them too. I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, the thing about like the, like the girl who had the, that's something. Sorry. I'll go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say that's something that my mom and my, and myself have been trying to teach my daughter because she likes to Facebook rant <gasps> that work. Yeah. And she changes jobs fairly often. And, you know, I, we've tried to explain to her that eventually that's going to end. They're not going to want to hire you. Yeah. Right. And even, even more so like the employer could say something like that's defamation. Like we're good. You're going to get sued now, even though you're not here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the case with my friend in the lighter, um, I think it embarrassed our principal. Oh, okay. I think that that's what happened. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think our principal got embarrassed because, you know, not that she can be in every classroom all the time, um, and even as teachers, I know they expect us to be able to control students, but we really can't control the mm-hmm. actions of other people. No. Um, unless, you, unless you're in a virtual school, then you can take the chat away. You can boot somebody from the Zoom. Yeah, and I did. To. Yes, and I did that a lot when I was virtual teaching. But like in the classroom, it's so funny right. how I remember when I would be teaching and an administrator would come in. And if somebody had their hat on, oh. then I got in trouble. Well, yeah. What is that hat rule? Like, why yeah. do we need to be nitpicky about like, this? If there was somebody know. in my room that was out of dress code or had their phone out or had their headphones in or something. I got dinged on the observation because, you know, even though I can't control the actions of other people, I'm still supposed to say something to them about it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't get me started on dress code. Well, I never, <laughs> I could never like, I was terrible with dress code because like, I know that I was looking at the students with my eyes. Like I know yeah. that I could see them. But you weren't looking for those things. No, I wasn't looking at what they were wearing. And I remember like, this is something that happened for me, even as a mom, like mm-hmm. thinking about my kids clothes every day and what they were wearing to school and do they look okay and all this kind of stuff. And then I realized as a teacher, I don't remember what any of my students wear from day to day. <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So well, it doesn't but, really matter. But like, I remember there would be like an administrator would come to my room and say like, this kid has been like, you are their first block teacher and you let them get all the way to second block without saying anything about this. And I'm like, I didn't see it. Right. You know, it's like, if you're sitting in my room and you're doing what you're supposed to do, I'm not going to say anything about what you're wearing unless it's, yeah, if it's not disruptive. Then Right. Yes. If it's disruptive and you've got like something on your shirt that is, you know, offensive or whatever, then I guess I would say something. But you know, most of the time I didn't notice. Yeah. Right. Please um, do not ever be the school administrator that has to send, that has to deal with me. If you send my child home for dress code violation, <laughs> you don't want these hands. <laughs> well, I always felt like that too. Like, okay, so they're not dressed properly. So you want them to leave class, right? They're going to miss instruction. Well, yeah. and if you look at the dress code for this is like getting into like a really sensitive topic. So if you are sensitive, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to offend anybody. But why are the dress code violations so extreme for female students and uh-huh. the male students? It's like, don't show your underwear and don't wear a hat. Yeah. I, and I have a, a pastor example of that um, in one of my, in our interview process for our credentialing, we have to submit a, a video of sermon. Uh-huh. Um, and it was mentioned that I was dressed inappropriately because you could see my shoulders what <laughs> that's ridiculous and I'm like, my temperature goes up like 10 degrees when i'm in pastor mode yeah. and i'm all in february i don't have i mean I, i'm hot and and they're like well if you're not gonna wear a robe at least wear a shawl or and i'm like that ain't happening yeah, yeah. No, there used to be um, a dress code piece at Delilah's elementary school that was like that said that girls could not wear spaghetti strap tank tops and yeah. in an elementary, and school, spaghetti strap. In elementary school but even still like a spaghetti strap tank top the only thing that's showing are your shoulders like exactly. they come up high enough you know and exactly. if it's if it's a thousand degrees in a building that was bo- built in 1920 whatever mm-hmm. let the kids cool off like chill yeah. out it doesn't have to be so serious well, I, I really have some issues with dress codes in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Brenda, this is, this is, I'm curious about this. I get a lot of pastor TikTok stuff, like church okay. TikTok stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Do you watch any pastors or anything on TikTok? Do you not look really at content? No. Um, not unless somebody sends me something. <laughs> oh, there are so many amazing like leaders on TikTok well, I'm that, sure are, there are. that are coming out like, in response to like real social issues like purity culture and you know modesty culture and all this kind of stuff and it is so interesting to hear them talk about it from like a biblical place Uh um and that's you know that's one of the reasons why y'all know i love tiktok i'm obsessed with it um (laughs) and she just came out of quarantine (laughs) well it's just so interesting you know people's perspective on things um, especially, mm-hmm. you know, being raised in like a Southern Baptist church where it was purity culture, modesty culture, all this yeah. kind of stuff yeah. and, and thinking mm-hmm. about how those things impacted me as I was growing up, things that I didn't even notice until some of these pastors on TikTok have said, 
this is why this is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just kind of like, I love to see people say not all churches and not all religions are this way. Yep. You know, that's because I feel like that that is what the country really needs is for people to stand up and say like, this is not the way all, all Christians are. Amen. Um, because it's really, I mean, saying that you're a Christian now is akin to saying that you're a feminist or a, I mean, like there's just some things that you can't say you are without people judging or, or coming up with an idea about you that may not be true. Yeah. Um, you're a Republican if you're a Christian. Yes, you automatically are. But there's also, there's also assumptions about you if you are a Republican. Right. You know, like people absolutely immediate assumptions about you if you claim to be a Republican. Yeah. Like the other day, I know I talk about my man friend on the show a lot and how like he's been so great and I'm so in love and all this stuff. But he is a Republican. Mm-hmm. And he asked me the other day, he's like, Have you told the people that listen to your show that I'm a Republican? <laughs> he's like scared, poor guy. And I was like, well, no, it hasn't come up. Like your political affiliation has not come up at all in conversation. And he yeah. said, well, it would be nice for people to know that if you've been saying nice things about me, that I am also a Republican and that we're not all horrible. Well, yeah. And like yeah. even people in the planner community that I know are, you know, sway more conservatively, like I am a hundred percent certain. I feel like the tension, you know, and even people who, you know, may sway more to the left. Like, I feel like people in general are terrified to be who they are because they don't want, they don't want people in their DMs. I certainly don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the thing. It's just that, you know, we don't want people. I mean, we do want people in our DMs, but at the same time. Nicely. Yeah. Yeah. But not, you know, nice conversation, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, Exactly. So anyway, I know that it has to have been difficult in the past few years, especially to navigate like religious stuff because of, you know, I mean, the 2016 election and everything just kind of turned yeah. everything upside down. Well, that's, so, that's how I had somebody walk out during my sermon. So really, I, I was preaching on anti-racism oh, and, really? and, it wasn't, and, they, and it's not that they are anti-racist. They just didn't think it was appropriate for church. And I'm like, have you read the Bible? <laughs> well, I know it's like the Bible. Jesus was pretty political. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. I know. I always say that. I'm always saying, but he yeah. was political. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm always trying to tell people like, you know, as a Christian, like, I think that Jesus was really awesome and loved everybody. And that's who I'm trying to emulate. Yep. Right. Um, and you know, all the stuff in like the old Testament that was like before Jesus came, like, yeah, that stuff is like, you know, good to read and, you know, learning lessons and all that. But, you know, really for me, it's what happened after Jesus came that is the most important. And, you know, I just, I always think about like, how would Jesus treat this person? Yep. You know, and WWJD was a thing for a reason. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the people that claim to love and follow Jesus do not treat people like he would have. Right. So, you know, I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah. So y'all, you want to do the currently page? Can it be currently page time? Yes, please. Yes. Have we, I mean, I don't even know where we are on the notes. So (laughs) I think we have talked about really cool things and we've covered most of it. Okay, good. Um, So do you want to kick us off, Caitlin? Well, first of all, Brenda, are you ready? Like, did you, you knew this was coming. Yeah, I knew it was coming, but I honestly haven't made a currently page in months. <laughs> yeah. 
Because what I realized is that I was putting the same thing every month because I'm kind of boring. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. And I think I'm going to make one like every three months instead and then use my other currently spaces as like functional things. That's my my next plan. Um, Well, let's, you want to kick us off, Caitlin? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So what are you reading these days, Brenda? Um, Now that I'm not on vacation, not much. Um, I only allow myself to read for fun on vacation because I won't put it down until I'm done. Yeah. Um, And so on vacation, I read a ton of Harry Potter fanfic. Nice. Um, But now that I'm back in the real world, um, we're getting ready to start a Bible study on um, the Gospel of John. So I will start reading that. I bet you read a lot really probably more than I think I do (laughs) I mean probably not as much like sitting down and reading for pleasure but I mean I would think that to make a sermon you would have to read right yeah I I think a lot of it's online so it doesn't feel as much like reading like I don't sit down and read a lot of books yeah yeah well websites count (laughs) absolutely (laughs) Caitlin and I are always like what are you reading right now emails (laughs) yeah instagram captions <laughs> so yeah, um, plenty of that. um oh my gosh y'all i am not prepared um what are you planning i got it what are you planning what am i planning i'm planning i guess i'm starting to plan lent Ooh. um yeah. thinking about what that worship series is going to be um I, you know i'm always planning worship so so um, are you going to give, obviously you'll give something up for Lent this year. What do you normally, what do you normally? I don't give things up for Lent actually. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, well, let's talk about that. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a reaction to my Catholic upbringing. Um, <laughs> that's highly possible. But yeah. I also, I believe more in trying to do something better. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll like add something for Lent. Um you know, like try to read an extra devotional every day or, or send out a caring card to somebody every week or, you know, add something that way rather yeah. than give up because giving up chocolate doesn't help my brain. Yeah. Yeah. And so probably weakens you know, it if anything. Was, <laughs> Caitlin, was it when Elise was on the show, you know, that episode like changed us. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. Such a good so, episode. Was it, she was talking about when you make habit trackers to not just do, like to do habits that are like good things. Right. Mm -hmm. You you know, not just like, did I remember to wash my face and take my medicine or whatever, but like, and I, I kind of, I kind of like the idea, like you said about Lent, like instead of like trying to do something better, Mm -hmm. um, you know, bettering yourself instead of giving something away, like giving something up. Yep. Um, and I, that, that perspective on like habit tracking has kind of changed things for me because, you know, I feel like because the other of- thing about giving something up for Lent is then you go right back to it after yeah. Lent. And yeah, so exactly. And you feel that like sense of deprivation. Right. And, yeah. and Jesus didn't come for us to suffer. No. And then you also feel like shame, like, well, why did I give that up? And I, now I want it again so badly. Right. Well, that's like me trying to have a dry January. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean you know I was like let's just give myself like a month off of the alcohol and you know it's like life is hard yeah, yeah. well that's you know, when I was teaching I gave up pop so really yeah. and and it was during parent teacher conferences 
and oh, it no. was hell. <laughs> That's a bad time to give up caffeine and other things. Yeah. <laughs> awful it's like I did not think this through (laughs) no well yeah that's what happened to me because like four days into the new year things just hit the fan and it was like every day was bad and everything was terrible and I was just like all I want to do is drink a glass of wine Mm -hmm. you know is that Uh so wrong but I had already made this like commitment to myself that I would make it a month without any alcohol yeah so then it's like we had this opportunity the other night where we found ourselves with no kids just like magically on a night when we were supposed to have all five of them and in the snow it was so romantic we built you know we we built a fire in the fire pit and sat outside it was snowing um and I was like dang it I'm gonna drink some wine like this is yeah. stupid like why am I doing this like who is this for right, right. yeah <laughs> that's so that's called grace yeah like what am I trying to prove you know right right so you know and then after that night I woke up in the morning with a wine headache and remembered oh this is why <laughs> this is why we're taking a break um but then last night I was like I'm just gonna have a little vodka it's okay but you know it's not been like every night so it has kind of helped me cut back um but yeah life is hard and I miss it and I I, what is Lent 40 days yeah Uh not counting Sundays that's a long time well isn't there like something too about like you're supposed to eat fish on Fridays or how only if you're Catholic yeah, oh, okay. there's a lot of rules, but yeah, okay. Okay. and they change yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they depend. They change, which is why I'm not Catholic anymore. <laughs> yeah, they change depending on the Pope. Okay, so all right, I, I don't want to get into a conversation about like Catholicism, and I feel yeah. like there are some great Catholic churches out there and some very faithful Catholics. Yeah, well, and I am. I would say that I'm more of like a fair weather Catholic. Like I love midnight mass and i love the easter service but that's it <laughs> yeah i can get that at the at the method well yes yeah. I, I had a really hard time okay so a few years ago that movie came out called spotlight uh-huh that was all about like the abuse in the catholic church oh okay. yeah and um you know the it was about the team at the boston globe or whatever that broke it all open i think it was the globe i can't remember um but and somebody is again yelling at their podcast whatever I'm like no it wasn't the globe we already told you we can't remember anything stop yelling at us yeah we can't remember I don't know I, I just know that Rachel McAdams was in it okay like don't come for me um that may not be accurate either um so no, anyway. don't come here for your news we don't know we already claimed to not know anything but I remember after I watched that I was like how is anybody still Catholic you know mm-hmm. I was like how could this have happened in this church and people are still like let me keep going. Cause I'm just like, it went all the way to the top, you know, like the, yeah. the, the people at the very tippy top knew that this was uh-huh. happening and would just like shuffle priests around that were problematic instead of like holding them accountable. And I'm right. like, how is it that a religion that, you know, claims to, you know, follow Jesus, like mm-hmm. be okay with children being abused. I just, Oh, I just could not. I don't think people who stay are okay with that. I think right there are other things about the Catholic church that they love. And, and to be honest, there really aren't a whole lot of options that are like it. Yeah. It's very, I think from what I see, because I have a lot of friends and family who are still very like devout Catholic. um, I have seen them stay because of the tradition and because of that, like really tight inner circle, because if you want to talk about something bleeding into your real life, being a Catholic, like you're a Catholic on Sundays, but you're also a Catholic, like all the time you're in the community. 
Um, and so I think that is a big part of it. And then from what I've actually heard from people is that they like, don't agree with it, but they think that if they are a good person and they can represent the church, then, you know, they might be putting some goodness back into the world by being a Catholic is what I've heard. Well, I just, I had the hardest time with the whole thing because these priests would get in trouble and they would be punished by the church, but they Mm -hmm. would never be held accountable in a court of law. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could say the same thing about tenured teachers as well. Like I watched this whole documentary about, um, and I don't know if this is true for every state, but there were teachers who were acting inappropriately in the classroom, but they couldn't fire them because they were tenured. And so they would just sit them in a room for eight hours a day with a computer because they couldn't be around kids. So like there's problematic systems like that in all aspects. Yeah. I just, I I was very baffled by okay, now this family and their child is sitting across the table from this bishop, this bishop or whoever, and they should be like pressing charges with the police. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, cause it's a crime. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's what, that's what made me, I just, but you know, let's not, obviously I feel like that Catholicism is like a whole different religion. Almost. It is. Yeah. It's like a world. Yeah. I mean, it has yeah. its own city. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, <laughs> Um, and look, I think that the Vatican and the Pope, like, I think that stuff is so cool. The ritual is cool. Like there's a lot about the Catholic church and like their, you know, their, their services and stuff that I think are, are awesome and beautiful. Um, but I just, I have had a really hard time with that ever since I saw that mm-hmm. movie. I just, it just really, really bothered me and hit me hard that there's people that, you know, know that this went on that are like way high up in this church and just cover it up. I'm just like, how? It's just terrible. So that's not what Jesus would do. <laughs> no. No. no, I need to find my bracelet from 1997. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, so what's next? Let's move on. Oh, dang. I think is it my turn. I think it's my turn. Okay, yeah, we were on planning. Uh, what are you watching? Gilmore Girls for the 500th time. Yes! <laughs> I that's that's right. Well, currently, it currently painters it anymore because that's all I would write. <laughs> I don't even I ask watch. Leanne if she's watching that anymore because I know that at some point, like she's probably watched it in the last couple of days. I have. I have. <laughs> I, I watched, yes. I don't binge it like I used to because I don't binge anything like I used to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I sit down and I have an hour or two to watch anything, I, I do pick that an awful lot. Yeah. Um, my just current, the soundtrack of my life my current rewatch is season i'm in season two. Oh, um, that's adorable. where are you right now brenda and your rewatch um i'm in season three okay okay oh, and what are you are you team jess team who are you yeah yes yeah i oh, like jess okay uh we're delilah and i are still trying to get through it for the first time ever yeah. um and we're at the part where Jess just came back into town after he like left suddenly. Yeah. I always yeah. feel like I need to clarify. I'm team adult Jess. Oh, okay. I don't love him right now. He's, I'm like, oh, he's, a, a, he's just he's a lost little soul as a teenager. Really. He is. That's true. And his mom is, oh, that was what we saw recently too. His mom was in town. Okay. Oh for like some event. There was some outdoor. Hilarious. Something. I love her. I love her so much. Oh, you do? TJ. Yes, she's hilarious. Oh my god. I don't like her at all. I love her. And her husband, TJ, I love him too. Oh my yep. god. Yep. I don't oh, he's either one of them. I think they're awful. And I'm like, how could you they do grow on you. They, they grow do. on you. You gotta watch further. You'll get okay, to know we're, only, we're season four, episode 15. That's where we're at. Okay. Well, I mean, I there there are people that, you know, I, I don't understand how anybody could be team Dean or Team Logan. 
Yeah, well, Dean Dean seems like kind of a womanizer at this point. You think? I mean, yeah, like he, I think he keeps Rory at an arm's reach. Like he's married, but he still like sits outside and has conversations with her sometimes. Oh yeah. He can't keep up with her. That's why I'm not team Dean. There's Mm. no way he can keep up with her. Logan and Jess are at least both on her level. Yes. Logan has other issues. Mm -hmm. I don't know who Logan is yet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's next season, I think. Yes. Okay, well, I'll, Logan, I'll be on the lookout. Logan is the third big love. Oh. No, I guess he's season six. Yeah, oh, it's, okay, it's we'll get there. She gets to Yale, right? Yeah, but it's yeah. the second year at Yale. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because she's at Yale right now. Okay, then it is season five. Yeah, uh, we're almost to season five. We're on season four, episode 15. Okay. So, do you have any other favorite shows? Anything else that you watch? No, just, um, the, just the only one. <laughs> And, and when I do watch something else, it's, it's never anything current. Um, <laughs> I, I'm all into nostalgia and just revisiting things I love. Oh, see, I love to try something new. I'm like, what is going to do it for me this time? Yeah, I everything hi- I watch is on streaming. So yeah, I want to hijack this currently for just a second um, <laughs> because um, I started watching a new show this week called Yellow Jackets. Oh, I've heard of this. Yes, and. Um, I found it on Amazon Prime, but I don't, I think it's a show time. Some, it's like you have to have a subscription to something through Prime to watch it. It's one of the, it's so irritating to add another streaming service, but sometimes you have to. Um, But anyway, it's about this women's soccer team, or excuse me, it's about a soccer team. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I said women's. I mean, they are women, but I hate that, you know, when you put that in front of things. Um, But it's about this soccer team that like has this bad plane crash in the woods. Mm-hmm. and um I mean we don't know I know that there was a movie about a a team that like had to eat each other or something uh-huh. that? Oh, alive yeah. that movie called alive yeah. um so it's this is not based on a real thing but I know that there have been things similar but anyway basically it's you see them when they're teenagers because they're they're headed to like nationals on this airplane and then the plane crashes so you see them when they're teenagers when they're on the soccer team and then you also see them when they're 20 years later so it's mm-hmm. like, you know that they, some of them do survive the crash. So it's not like okay. a spoiler because obviously they're in the show. Um, <laughs> but it's like what happens like when they crash and then all this, like the aftermath in their 20 mm-hmm. years late, you know? So and it's very good, but it's very bloody. Yeah. So like, it's, it's very, it's very raw. It's re- definitely rated R, but. Um, Someone that said that it was out. like, it was like the, like Lord of the Flies. If it was like um, a little, a lot more graphic. Yes, that's what I was thinking. In fact, during the first episode, I actually mentioned Lord of the Flies when we were watching uh-huh. it. Um, yeah. Because I feel like that something weird is going to happen, like something culty, ritual, something is going to happen, like in the woods, like something happens oh, to them. And then later, 20 years later, they, so yeah, everybody go watch Yellow Jackets. It's very good. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, so I hijacked that currently, but it's my turn now, right? To, to say the next Yeah, one. you get to say one, say something. Oh, I get to say one? Okay, hold you on. You get to choose one. What is our next one? I don't have the notes. Oh. It's eating. How do we not remember this by now? It's eating. Oh, okay, <laughs> what are you eating? <laughs> um, I eat a lot of rotisserie chicken because I don't like to cook. Um, like I said, I, I do the same thing all the time. Um, Lately, I've been kind of into biscotti. <gasps> oh, I've had some of those. Which I have to get at Amazon because we have <sighs> nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that makes my teeth hurt just thinking about it. Biscotti is so hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
but so good. I had one that was hazelnut that had chocolate chips in it. Oh, God. I still think about it. Oh, that sounds delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can still feel it trying to chew on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's like when you eat those, like back to nineties nostalgia, when you eat like Captain Crunch or kicks and the whole roof of your mouth is basically like ripped off. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> I gosh. I can still yeah. feel that. Peanut butter <laughs> Captain Crunch is like, that's, that's how you injure yourself. So true. Or the one that's just the berries oh, that were like gosh. rough off. If you have like dry skin or something up there that you need to remove, that's the cereal to eat. It's excellent exfoliant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. The next one is what are you loving these days? Grandchildren. Oh, I only see them about once a month. They live an hour away. Yeah. Um, but I get to see them today. So that's exciting. Today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're taking my grandson to get vaccinated because he wouldn't uh, cooperate when it was just my daughter. So mm-hmm. Grammy's going to go down and put him on our lap and hold on to him and then take him out for ice cream or something. Oh, well, that's that good. Sweet. Well, it's good. He really does need to get vaccinated because well, especially with the baby in the house. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, y'all, Meatloaf just died of COVID. I know. I, oh, I didn't realize that. it was a COVID. I yes. knew died. Like this morning or last night or something. Like, well, there's been lots of kids in the hospital. It's oh my gosh. The like four to, or the two to four age range. Those yep. kiddos are getting real sick right now. Yep. And a lot of people who are eligible for their booster who haven't gotten it yet. Uh, yes. about, yeah, you're talking about me, right? Yeah. You didn't go to the hospital, but you could have. And I'm also talking about my husband. I've been trying, I have him an appointment for Tuesday, but I've been nagging him for like last month. Yeah, I know. I need to go get a booster too. It's like my parents are like triple, you know, like all boosted and they, I don't think that they got COVID taking care of me. They had like a few little, like my dad had a tingly throat, but we don't know for sure if it was COVID. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I could not believe it. Like meatloaf, he died of COVID and he was the one who said, I don't care if I die. I'm not getting a vaccine and I'm not wearing a mask. And now he's dead. I mean, I guess it's like, be careful what you wish for. I have a hard time and I don't, I don't mean this to sound like dehumanizing or whatever, but I have a hard time with people who say those kind of things. And then Mm -hmm. something awful happens. It's like, well, what did you think was going to happen? Like you have multiple risk factors and you chose to not take care of your health. Right. Yeah. And it's like, now he's dead like forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I'm not, wasn't like a huge fan, but like, that's still sad to me. Right. And I was so, I'm so like present and aware of COVID that like, not only am I vaccinated and boosted or boosted, but I'm trying to get rid of a a risk factor. Like that is one of the main reasons why I'm on a wellness journey right now and trying to lose weight Mm -hmm. because I want to eliminate as many risk factors as I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are inspiring me. I'm hoping that any day now I'll get started too. Oh my, wait, you got this. You got this. And you got to be mentally ready too. There's, it's a whole mental game too. Yes. Yeah. The only time I've ever had success is when I was like really, really motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what are you dreaming? Do you have any long-term goals or do you want to talk about like a real recurring sleepy dream or just dream? you do whatever you want to with this one? Um, you know, it's interesting because one of my words this year, because I have three, yes. you know, um, is reimagine. And so that's kind of where I'm at is, is kind of dreaming, okay, what do I want my future to look like now that I'm not going this working out? Yeah. Um, what do I want my life to look like? So um, I, I 
don't have solid answers yet, other than I want to continue a lot more of what I have now. Well, I can't wait to talk to you at the end of the year and see how those three words have treated you. Yeah, I'm actually doing a, a sermon series on them right now. Really? Yeah, last week I introduced one little word to the congregations because they're all much oh older. God. Like I'm the youngest by like 20 years. At you all told churches. me that before. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, except for one person who's younger than me. At one <laughs> um, and so they didn't even know about one little word. And so last week's sermon was basically about that and how it can be useful and how it's biblical. Um, wow. And, you know, kind of looking to God to help you in choosing the word. And now the next three weeks, I'm going to spend one week on each of my words and how we might apply them in our churches. Oh my gosh, I love so that. Like this it's week, like- it'll be reimagined. So what does it look like for us to reimagine how we are? Well, I like that too, because I feel like sometimes, like, especially looking at something like the planner community in one little word, like how many people choose one little word just because they want to make a pretty post about it. I feel like not a lot of people apply their one little word to their life and me included in the past. Um, but I think like really like putting those words into action and figuring out how they can apply to your life, I think, I think is really important if you're actually going to take on one little word. Yeah. I actually had a a whole session with my ADHD coach about mine and that will continue, I think throughout the year. Well, I love that you're like really going to try to like live those words because I, we had this whole long thing about one little words on the mini sode, and now I can't even remember what I said mine was going to (laughs) be. Oh, really? So I still, and that wasn't it. (laughs) Exactly. I'm still hanging in there with progress. I love that word and I stole it from one of our listeners. That's a good Um, one. I love it. And I feel like for me, it's so good because I mean, like I said, I'm a bit of a workaholic. I like things to be pretty perfect. I like to make sure that I have things checked off. I like to make sure that I'm like running the show. So I have a bit of a control freak element to myself as well. And so I think like looking at my life and being okay with it, as long as I'm making progress helps me out so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I love that. I don't want, I mean, That would be good for me too. I just can't remember what I said. I'm going to have to go back and listen to our <laughs> You've got to listen to our episode. <laughs> see if I can remember what, because I'm obviously not living it every day if I don't remember what it is. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You have to know what your word is before you can do it. Yes. Um, yeah. That's helpful. <laughs> Very true. Well, remember well, January is your trial monthly. And so you start fresh in February. You could even choose a new word if you want to. Okay. Well, I've decided to cancel my subscription. You're so, going to cancel your subscription to one little word? No, to 2022. Oh, I would also like to cancel my subscription to 2022. Like 2022 was, I think that was my mistake. I should never have said out loud. 2022 is my year. I should have pretended like it was just 2021 continuing. And then I would be less disappointed. Well, I definitely, I'm I'm upset. I did not say that out loud. The last time I said this was my year was 2020. (laughs) And I know. And you ruined it for all of us. I know. I know better than to ever say that again about any year. Um, oh my gosh. But I, I came like, into the year with zero expectations. Uh, I so thought I, and it was I, I really thought 2022 was going to turn around. I I was so hopeful. I really was. But it hasn't no. been great so far. 21 days in, I'm not impressed. It hasn't, but I think that maybe we don't write off the whole year. Like no. let's keep let's we got to give it at least until May. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until we write it off. 
Well, and I also just discovered some rough news um, that has nothing to do with anything, but I'm going to tell y'all anyway. Um, Okay, so y'all know that Taylor Swift is re-recording all of her old music, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what she's doing. So there's all this speculation about which re-record is going to be next, blah, blah, blah. I don't really care because I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the next two that are probably coming. My favorite, but you listen anyway. Yes, of course I will. But my favorite <laughs> album is Reputation. That's my favorite Taylor Swift album. Okay. And I found out this week that she can't even start re-recording Reputation until November of 2022. Ooh, so you're upset about so that. So the one, the one re-record that I'm looking forward to the most will not arrive until at least 2023. And it gives you something to look forward to. It just makes That's- me want to just like cancel the whole year and just skip to the end. Like. I, <laughs> that's how I've been feeling about stranger things like when I found out that stranger things was not coming out until this year I literally cried tears in 2021 I was like how am I supposed to get through 2021 if I don't have stranger things in my life well and see now look it's already done you'll when is it April that that's coming I think so but that is that feels like so far away yeah like that's after go wild yeah I know. And I can't think about anything past go wild, really. Me either. It's like, that's where it's like, we go off the edge of the world at that point. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like I've been looking at plane tickets thinking, oh, gotta go. (laughs) Gotta get there. April is Easter and that's like tomorrow. Yeah. And April is one of those months also (laughs) that there's no days off. Like there's no holidays. And so it's just like five days, five days, five days. Well, that's because for, for me, so early. for me, that's my next vacation. Is it till April? So, oh, well, and okay. so you're right in saying like April is really close because for me, okay, there's also there was another Taylor Swift announcement about April yesterday, <laughs> but I won't go there. Um, but I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till April 23rd for whatever this is. Um, and yeah, it's actually really not that far away. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure if I was a pastor, I'd already be sweating it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right. What do we have next? Kate, are you ready? Oh, geez. It's my turn. I'm not paying attention. I'm trying to multitask over here. Um, we did. What did we do last? Dreaming? Feel- yes. So the next one is feeling. How are you feeling, Brenda? Let's have a therapy session. I'm feeling hopeful. Oh, you're doing better than me. Because I'm in a good place in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm good with my job. I'm enjoying where I am. Um, my kids are healthy and making progress. And um, yeah, I'm just, and I, I know that eventually COVID will be an endemic instead of a pandemic. And so that gives me hope. Oh, yeah. Eventually. If it could just be like a little cold, I'd be really happy about that. Like, if the next variant could be like, mm, Nobody even needs to go to the hospital. That'd yeah. be great. The next variant. It's like, it's, why, it's inevitable. Like, it's inevitable. Like, when is it going to be? Like, we just, that's the question. It's not like, is it going to be, but when? Oh no. Yeah. yeah. It's inevitable. That's how viruses work. Right. Yeah. Well, I love that because I, I too am hopeful. That's how I'm feeling because there's really, I mean, at this, after everything that's happened for the past 21 days, it's like, there's really no other way for me to feel like there you, you go. just have to be hopeful. Like that's you know just not give up because you have to keep living even when things suck so yeah that's very true hopeful I'm hopeful too um and I like to hear that you're happy in your life you know um it's nice I like to feel it (laughs) well it's nice to know that people achieve that you know like that 
I'm happy with my job. My kids are healthy, like, you know, ticking off all the boxes. Um, Cause it feels like lately that there's always one that's off the rails. I, I don't think it's an achievement. I think it's a process and sometimes you're there and sometimes you're not. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I know that there will be plenty of days when I don't feel that way this year, but. Yeah. Cause I mean, I have days where I feel really good about like the stuff that I do around here, you know, like planning our meals and all the things, I guess, whatever you would call my job. Um, but then like my daughter isn't sleeping very well lately and we can't figure out why it's like, I feel like that there's always some part of my life. that's like, mm-hmm. on filter. So, yeah. And I know that Caitlin feels the same because she's got her job on lock, but there's <laughs> other stuff going on too that I've been hard. So, and, and I have utmost empathy for you because I've been there. I didn't meet my daughter until she was 11. Oh yeah. And I mean, oh, I'm yeah. sure that had a lot of trauma along with it as well. It, yeah. Exactly. And so she, we probably dealt with at 11, 12, what you're dealing with. Yeah. Right and I, I read this thing here. Let me pull it up. <laughs> and I sent it to my mom to give her an idea. And I said, if you're wondering how things, uh, what things are like for parents right now in the pandemic, someone in my online mom's Facebook group invited everyone to a Facebook event that is just going to an empty field and screaming. And a lot of people are SVPDS. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's kind of like where things are at over here. <laughs> that's just very good. I saw that. I was like, I need to make that event for Charlotte moms. For real. <laughs> like, let's just go out into an empty field and just like, let it out for a minute. Well, there's um places here in Charlotte where you can go and just like take a baseball bat and beat stuff up. Oh, okay. there I'm you go. Yeah. That. Like a destruction room. Like you can just go yep. and like, you know, just hack up an old TV or like an old printer or something. And yeah. I told Jamie, he needs to take me. I was like, we need to make this a date night. We need to go out to dinner. And then we need to go beat the crap out of some old technology. And <laughs> my mom had a therapist one time to take, who told her to take a, a, a big trash can and just throw like glass jars and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Smash them. Oh, yeah. just to hear this I don't know stuff. if she did it. Yeah, all of that is setting off my sensory things. I really dislike loud noises. And so I could do oh, that. Well, then that's probably not your game. Any of that. Well, yeah. I think when you go to the destruction place, they give you those noise canceling headphones. Yeah, but even still, like if my kids drop a toy on the floor that's a little bit loud, it startles me. I don't like that. <laughs> no, I don't like loud noises either. While we were recording this, I went on mute and like ran out in the hall and said, could y'all please quiet down? I'm trying to record because somebody was yeah. bouncing a basketball downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Harrison got like a hundred bucks for Christmas and he bought this thing called a crazy cart, which is basically like a razor go-kart thing that spins around and he's been driving it in the house. And I swear it's the loudest mistake I've ever made. And I told, we've made the decision that you can only ride that thing outside now. Yeah, I gave Hannah a remote control American Girl doll car for Christmas. Oh no. (laughs) And, you know, the fact that this car, this remote control car, is big enough for two 18 inch dolls, that's how (laughs) big this thing is. I mean, it's just. And it never occurred to me how noisy it would be. Never. Mm -hmm. Didn't even cross my mind. And then as soon as she Uh put batteries in it for the first time, I was like, oh no, that's staying at daddy's house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, isn't it great? My, My mom, oh my gosh, my mom bless her, but she sent me a free group post from our local buy nothing group. Um, and it was a drum set. And she said, do you want this for either one of your kids? And I said, you have got to tell me that you have lost your mind. Like what, where, what, in what universe would I want that ever to come to my house? And then I told her you can get it and you got to keep it at your house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. There's a lot of toys that live at Grammy's house. 
Oh yeah, because you only have to hear them every once in a while. Exactly, they're only here like once a month. So. <laughs> Grammy gets it in short doses, but when you live with these exactly. boys, it's terrible. I know, um, exactly. but you know what's going to be the thing is when they're moved out, when all of our kids are big, we're going to be really sad, and we're going to be like, "Tick tick, where where are the grandchildren? I need somebody <laughs> to play with. It's too quiet." <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, okay. my husband talks too much. <laughs> I got the best deal. I always said I wanted to be a grandmother without being a parent, and I kind of did that. Mm-hmm. my daughter lived with us for nine months when she was a foster child mm-hmm. and then didn't live with me again until she was an adult and I adopted her when she was 21 no oh. so. um I, I I think I find that so fascinating I had a co-worker that he and his wife adopted two almost grown children mm-hmm. yeah um and he we talked a lot about you know just the challenge he had already raised his own he had three of his own and they were out of the house mm-hmm. and then they adopted two teenagers from iraq oh wow that were like uh, like seeking asylum or something like they were trying to was like there was something going on there that was dangerous and they moved mm-hmm. here and then so and it took them a while to actually like get the adoption paperwork to go through of course that takes forever um mm-hmm. but now they're his daughters Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know and they're grown now they graduated from high school they're in college one of them I think is out of college and it's been so cool to watch them bond with him and his wife mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know even though they were so much older and he is just a very vocal advocate for adopting older children well yep. yeah could you imagine and I'm thinking about kids also in the U.S. who just sit in the foster care system and then once they reach a certain age I think I mean just have watching having had watching documentaries and stuff I'm sure they just like resign themselves to the fact that this is their life and that they're not really ever going to get a family. And that's just heartbreaking. That was my daughter. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. That is so sad. And because everybody know, wants babies. Everybody wants babies. That's right. And I remember I had one kid that I taught when I was teaching and um, he was adopted when he was three, mm-hmm. but he was in a crib from the age of birth till two. And like, nobody ever touched him or picked him up or anything. They just changed his diaper and left him in his bed. Jeez. And just even like being adopted at three and still only knowing that family, like that trauma as an infant was very real, even when they were teenagers in my class. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like they had residual side effects from that. Like even when they were 15 and 16 and I was teaching them in high school. So it was just like, yep oh my gosh it's just I know that there are so many children that need families and I think that it's I, I love that the I I don't think at this point that I could adopt adult children because we do have five now that are grown adults <laughs> yeah. yeah. you're doing well. your part yeah yeah um but it just it's always something that I've been like I, I loved watching my friend David and his wife you know get to know their daughters and all of that so that was very cool I love I love that so and you have these two amazing grandkids <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah you definitely did cool. it a cool way. I love that. So, yeah. and your baby granddaughter is just the cutest, <laughs> the cutest child on Facebook. Oh my gosh. Every time she really is. And, and she's just like her brother in that way. And, and that's what amazes me continually. <clears throat> my grandson was such a good laid back, happy baby all the time mm-hmm. that when my daughter got pregnant with my granddaughter, I was like, oh no, we're screwed. <laughs> this kid's going to be a demon. And she's been just as happy and, and laid back. And so it's, it's been wow. very blessed. Yeah, she's very, she is because I was the same way. My son 
was basically not a real infant. I mean, like he was just like, he was born, nothing about my life changed except that I had to carry him around with me. Uh Um, Like he was easy to take to movies, restaurants, everything. And then when his sister was was she cried Uh for 18 months straight. Yeah. And same with me, Delilah, like would sit quietly and put rocks in and out of boxes and like chill out and, you know, she slept well. And then Harrison like was Velcro to me and like sucked the life out of me. for the first like two years of his life <laughs> breastfeeding is no joke man like I don't know oh, I, oh my gosh all right well we got it we got to keep going y'all okay we do yeah okay we could just uh, sit here and chat all day we yeah, got two more yeah all right what are, what are you listening to Brenda um aside from spice chaos um <laughs> the other two podcasts I listen to are I am Ollie and the Scott Patterson <laughs> do you like that I tried to listen to it but I did not is it has it gotten better since the first episode yes yes okay because I felt like that he didn't even like introduce anything like he just started talking in the first episode and never said like I don't know it's just a weird first episode for me and I didn't keep listening um I think it's gotten better it's some episodes are better than others um the last one was just kind of amusing because he had COVID and like two of the producers had COVID and so they were all kind of grumpy and then the, the other producer was like really happy and (laughs) because <laughs> she was healthy <laughs> did you Funny know that to listen to them did you know that he and lauren graham didn't get along that's actually not true they actually addressed that on the podcast <gasps> really <laughs> tell me tell me because a uh, listener actually asked you take any day and go watch people at work and if you just judge them by like one moment then you might think that they don't like each other but just because you're frustrated professionally with somebody else, you don't like them. Right. Just, mm-hmm. You have conflicts of interest in life. Yeah. And he said, you know, the media took like one discussion or something and, and totally blew it out of proportion and decided they didn't like each other. And that was not true at all. And he, he is always talking about how much he respects her. Oh, that's so kind. Well, that's yeah, it's, it's really nice. Yeah, I, I read this, you know how you get these BuzzFeed articles all over your Facebook yeah. all the time. And it was like, you know, 12 shows who the producers had to send the main couple to counseling. And that was, oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's, <crap. laughs> and they, and they were talking about Scott, they were talking about Scott and Lauren. I, I thought that was funny because I mean, they really do seem to have good chemistry on the show. Yes. And, and I heard that did. the Twilight couple didn't get along too. Oh, one. who Bella and what? What's her name? Oh, Kristen. Kristen Stewart. Yeah, and I forget his name. Robert Pat. Pat- yeah, that's Pattinson. Right. Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I heard yeah. they didn't get along. Oh, well, yeah, I don't believe any of that anymore. No, I don't know because Not unless like- I hear it from the people themselves. All right, yeah. Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. If you're listening to our podcast, chime <laughs> in. Let us know. <laughs> yes, weigh in. Do you really not get along? That's right. Um, <laughs> So the other oh. podcast that I listen to a lot is Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Um, that's that. Ooh, FedEx here. That's FedEx okay. is here. That's exciting. Is it something planner related? <laughs> I honestly don't know. I was going to say, that sounds like a happy planner order to me because all my happy planner orders come on FedEx. Got one yesterday and my other one, I did make another one, but I don't think. Well, I'm supposed to get one more. When I hear the dogs getting that happy, I know it's planner stuff. So <laughs> they can sense it. They can, they, sense they it. just, they just know. Um, okay. So there's one left, Caitlin. Okay. And this is Leanne's favorite. 
Um, what are you drinking these days? Um, hot tea and milk. Oh, that's a unique I'm one. I like that. Wait, is this, does the milk go in the hot tea? Well, both. I, I'm a big milk drinker. I okay. usually go through a gallon a week. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. I know so few grownups who just drink milk. I drink yeah. milk. My kids are lactose intolerant, so I, I don't have to buy that much, but I drink, I like to drink milk. Um, I find milk very thick. Um, yes, that's kind of the point. <laughs> I don't drink whole milk. Yeah. You it's, do? It's a little, no, I don't. Oh, I thought you said that's you drink whole milk. I was I like, mostly drink 1%. Okay. Well, I was raised on skim milk mm-hmm. um, because my mother was, I mean, she may not know this, but she's eating disordered a little. Okay. And, um, yeah, I think that um, that she felt like that fat-free milk was the way to go, mm-hmm. but it's basically white water. <laughs> yeah. when you I, get, I know my mom bought it by accident once and she used to buy the, like the thickest, the whole milk, you know, mm-hmm. and she bought it by accident one time. <laughs> we were like, what is this garbage? <laughs> well, I, I, but then once I, you know, left my family home and saw that there were other kinds of milk, I was like, oh this is gross. Like you can watch the whole milk, like stick to the side of the glass. I was like, no, I just want the white water, please. I like it. <laughs> I would breastfeed from the cow. <laughs> you like it that much. It's so funny. I, I, okay. This, this is a confession. If it wasn't so high in saturated fat, I think I would drink half and half. I like oh. my milk to be thick. I was going to say, well, that's why. And you also love eggnog. I do like eggnog is my jam and I don't water it down. Oh, I do. I watered the eggnog down this season with spiced rum and skim milk. (laughs) I I also like really thick, like craft beers, like dark beers that you can basically chew. So yeah, and I I do like that, but I don't know, for some reason, I remember the first time I ever saw whole milk when it would like stick to the side of the glass and run down. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's almost not even liquid. That's okay with me. It's basically yogurt at that point. If it's well, not a milkshake, I don't want it thick. That's right. I like well, my been, milk like I like my women. Thick. <laughs> a little thick. <laughs> I want to see her run down the side of the glass. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I um, have been thinking about getting into tea. Um, what kind of tea do you like? Well, I can only do decaf. I can't do caffeine because of my medications. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favorite is Celestial Seasonings makes one. It's called Sugar, Sugar Cookie Sleigh Ride. And I add Italian sweet cream flavored creamer mm. and put whipped cream on top and it's dessert in a cup. I have never heard of whipped cream on top of tea. Well, this is the only time I've ever done it with, with this tea because it's so dessert-like. I'm going to have to find it. Sugar Fancy. I ended up having to get it directly from Celestial Seasonings from their website because mm. at least it's a seasonal tea for one thing. And um, here where I live, it, we have nothing. I'm in the middle of nowhere. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh Online shopping is your friend. <laughs> it, it is because, you know, you all through the pandemic, when you guys have been talking about, you know, DoorDash and Instacart and everything, we don't have that. It's, there's nothing here. Gosh. Yeah. I <laughs> Brian was talking about like getting some property out in, you know, nowhere, Oregon. And I was like, okay, but first we got to see like what Instacart delivers out there before we even like consider it. 
Yeah, we're, we're 30 minutes from even a tiny Walmart, so. Oh, no. Oh, my. I have to you go to an hour. Growing your own veggies at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, gosh, that would be so hard. I couldn't do it. Instacart I, I, is life. It would have been really hard before the internet. You know, yeah. Well, that's true. Now that Amazon's a thing, it's, it's not as bad. Yeah. Does it take longer it. for Amazon stuff to get to you? Maybe a little, but not a lot. I mean, you know, everything takes longer with the pandemic. So it's hard yeah. to judge. I remember when I was in Hawaii for that month, I was like trying to order some stuff on Amazon. And because they're an island, it takes forever for your oh, yeah. Amazon yeah, orders sure. to get there. And so it didn't even, like, it wouldn't have even gotten there before we left our vacation. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That has, that has never crossed my mind that Hawaii probably doesn't have Amazon Prime like we do. Well, and it may have just been where we were because we were on like kind of out in the sticks, like out in the, out in the jungle, if you were. Um, so maybe that was part of it too, but I don't know. So people who live in more populated areas of Hawaii might have more Amazon, you know, warehouses around them. Well, mm-hmm. I have, what I learned was that like what Amazon does, and this is crazy, but I think this mm-hmm. is true, is that based on the things that you buy are the things that are being bought in a certain area. You know how sometimes you can click on like, one day shipping and it can come tomorrow um Mm -hmm. that a lot of times they look at your patterns of shopping and they make sure that the warehouses nearest you have the kinds of things that you buy oh weird that makes sense i guess yes and that's why some items can arrive on the same day or the next day and others don't come for like two or three days because the warehouse that's closest to you more than likely has the stuff that they're used to you buying Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure that there's algorithms involved as far as like deciding what each warehouse is going to have in it. But um, I do think that's funny because for a while I was buying these like jumbo lip balms and (laughs) and then like a couple months in, they started being available for same day delivery. And I was like, yep, those lip balms in my warehouse. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We don't get anything same day. Oh yeah. I would imagine Uh not. No, my my favorite thing ever. It's faster to drive to Topeka if you really need something that day. (laughs) My favorite thing ever is when I used to forget like a birthday party gift or something. I was like, "Mm, we'll just do same day delivery. It'll be here by four. We can go to the party. It's all good. Yeah, I know. I did. I love to do Target curbside for same day birthday party situations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Target is probably the thing I miss the most. Yeah. How far away is Target? An hour away in Topeka. An hour. Wow. It takes me six minutes to get to Target. <laughs> well, I've been there. I mean, I've, I've lived close, closer to one, just not now. It takes well, me between two to 10 minutes to get to three different Targets in my area. Yeah, there's there we have two Targets within a three-mile radius near us. So. Yeah, we have three that are really close. That's, yeah, it, it's, an, it's an hour to the nearest press store also. What? Oh my, that's that's so probably cool. helpful, though. You know, no, because online shopping is way too easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. And then when I do go to a bigger town, I feel like obligated to go to the craft store. So. Yeah, it's like a party. Yeah. So, and then I spend <laughs> way more money than I would probably if I lived there. So. Well, you, so you can shop vicariously for me. I post a shopping vlog every week. I know. You probably <laughs> spend more money going to the craft store than you would just ordering things online, too. Exactly. Yeah, because that has been what I have discovered about my grocery shopping. Because when I first moved in here, my man friend was not all about my millennial shopping ways. Oh, you know? no. 
he was like, no, we should just go to the grocery store. And we would go to the grocery store on Sundays for like an hour and a half and like bring it Both of you? Yeah, sometimes we'd go together. There were a couple weeks that I went by myself. Um, but after I did it like two or three times alone, I was like, dude, I'm ordering this stuff. I don't have to have it delivered to the house. Yeah. My parents but- go to the grocery store together and I'm like, how does your marriage survive that? Because- <laughs> My husband, bless his heart, because one of us has to be, is very uh, budget conscious. And I feel like every time we've ever gone to the store, it's like comparing for the lowest price per pound. And I'm like, I cannot spend 17 hours here with you right now. And I'm pretty sure my dad is the same way. I do not know how they do it. Oh, okay. So you mean like, if you have a bag of this and you have a bag of that and they're- Yeah, let's say you need a can of olives. You're going to look at the olives and like compare- all of the brands and choices that you have there to find the lowest price per ounce or whatever. Yeah. And then that's the one you're taking home. And that one item just took you 17 minutes. (laughs) You've got 50 other items on your list. I can't do it. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, is that when I would shop with Jamie is that like, he would buy things like he did not have a plan. (laughs) No, they never have a plan. He would go to the store and just like buy things. And then during the week, he would use the things that he bought to make the dinners. Mm -hmm. But it's like, there was no like plan as far as what we're going to eat every night and things would not get eaten because things didn't get cooked or whatever. And I told him, I was like, you have to decide what you're going to eat every night and then do the shopping. Mm -hmm. And that's been like a whole different thing. And me shopping online, I buy way fewer items than when I go into the store. Right. Yeah. I could see that. Mm -hmm. So like when we would go shopping together, I would try to make a list of things that we needed to like cook the food. And then he would be like putting other stuff in the cart that was not on the list. And I'm like, this is why it's cheaper for me to just shop online because there's no impulse buys. There's no magazines at the register. Like (laughs) there's no Red Bulls to just pick up randomly. Like it's just you. So I think that we save money because I order online. I really do. But that's just my opinion. That's my millennial opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Brenda, this has been so much fun. Thank you for spending all this time with us so early in the morning. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yes, I hope hope that you have enjoyed it because I know that you've listened for a long time. And I, I, do you feel like that this went like exactly how you thought it would? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty formulaic. You heard my responses this time. <laughs> yes, you were, you were talking to us. And now yes. they're recorded for everyone else on the internet to hear as well. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, well, I want for you here at the end to like give us one more, like tell us one more time about your Instagram and plug the church one more time okay. and all that stuff before we go. It is the planning pastor at Instagram and YouTube, though it's not really planning. Um, <laughs> and then the church is Wetmore Goss, G-O-S-S, Corning, UMC, and that's on Facebook. Well, I, I do recommend following the Facebook page because you put some inspirational stuff up there, and I love that. And I think you do a good job with the Facebook, personally. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you guys can find Caitlin at creating in chaos underscore official on Instagram. And you can also find her on Patreon and YouTube as creating in chaos. And she has a fun teaching Instagram called chaos in the classroom. Do you still post over there? I haven't in a long time. It's, it's hard to know like what kind of content to post as a virtual teacher. So I'm still trying to figure that out. 
Yeah, and I haven't posted anything in my Animal Crossing in a while either. So we have these dead Instagrams, but follow us there anyway. Yeah, um, <laughs> I might post eventually. I do post on the next one you're about to say. Yes, yeah, she also has a fun duck Instagram where you can hang out with her ducks. That's ducking chaos underscore official. She's also here with me every Monday and Wednesday, mostly. Um, Monday and Wednesday? I'm not here on Wednesday. Not Wednesday, Monday and Friday. See, we're just getting- How long have you done this show? (laughs) I cannot be here on Wednesday, I'm sorry. I have messed up this plug for Caitlin like every time for two years. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, she's here with me on Mondays and Fridays when we make the show. Um, (laughs) And you can hear her anywhere that you can get your podcast. And she hangs out at the Spice Chaos Podcast Instagram, sometimes on Wednesdays. So that's right. And we do record on Wednesdays. So I think that's the thing. So I am kind of here on Wednesday, but not (laughs) out into the interwebs. Oh, you're here with me every day, baby. Get it, girl. You're not getting rid of me. Okay. Um, and then you can find Leanne, of course, on at Spice Plans on Instagram, YouTube, and Patreon. And please DM her and tell her you want to see more of her content because we miss her face over here in the planner community. So yes, DM her, harass her, tell her we need her to come back. Um, there's that. And then you can also find her playing Animal Crossing at Spiced Horizons on Instagram. And then of course she is right here with me every Monday and Friday. Um, and she also makes <laughs> all of the beautiful cards for our beautiful guests over on the at spice chaos podcast Instagram. Yes. And I have actually been making those. Get it girl. You have. Yes. Yeah. I've noticed it. Mm-hmm. I, I so send us a picture when you're done, Brenda, that you want yeah. us to put up on your well, Or I could just screenshot this beautiful picture that's right here on the Zoom. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's probably the one I would send you. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been so much fun. It's, uh, you are just the coolest. I hope that you know that, that you're like a really cool person. Like, you know, thank you. Like, you know, just, and I'm not saying just because there's just not a lot of pastors in our community. (laughs) Sure. Yes, for sure. (laughs) You know, I just, I don't feel like, when do I ever have a chance on a like regular basis to have a pastor that, you know, not that I ever come to you for like problems, but I feel like I could, if I wanted, you know, you could. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, this has been so much fun and I just thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been the best. Um, I hope that everybody out there has a really great week. Um, it's been really cold here. If we want to have weather corner, I hope everybody stays warm. I don't know how things are. Um, you got your weather. It's like 60 degrees here. It's sunny and beautiful. See, we always Um, flip. That's what we do. Yeah. It's beautiful. We're we're warm now. Our wind chill is up to three. Oh, it was minus eight when I got up. I follow this guy who uh, is a farmer in Vermont and he was saying that it was like negative 16.6 degrees Celsius. And I was like, oh, geez. Well, Celsius. Well, yeah, but that's still cold. That's still way below freezing. That's like what we have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about Celsius. Celsius, you just, freezing is zero. And so anything below zero is negative. I, I use the Google converter. Yeah. I prefer Celsius to be honest. It makes way more sense. Uh huh. Oh yeah. my gosh. When I was in Europe and I would look at the temperature, I was like, I don't know what that is. Oh no. It makes way more sense. Like if you started using it on the regular, I think it would make way more sense to you. Well, um, it is cold here and awful. And I hate that. Like, I can't even go out to my car without being miserable. So, um, but you also hated that you were sweating and turning on the air conditioner like two weeks ago. Yeah, I know. I can't, I'm never going to be happy. She's going to be happy when it's like 61 degrees with a slight breeze. yes no I would like some some cloud cover please yeah a little overcast (laughs) but she doesn't have to squint her sweet little eyes yes and the sun just makes you hot and sweaty every time even when it's cold outside 
I don't know how it does it. I really don't. Well, that's the show, y'all. <laughs> so um, everybody have a great week and we'll talk to y'all in the next one. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye.